And I said, that's not how you drink coffee. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It's, it's not. Done. I nearly died. You did. Don't um, die, though, because if you die... Who am I going to talk to on this episode of Big Damn Cast? Hello. Hello. Nerdy news, geeky gossip, load of bollocks, fill your time before you inevitably die or decide to play with yourself to pass the time. My name is Christopher, probably shouldn't have said that on microphone, Johnson. <laughs> My name is Matthew. I've lost count of the things he shouldn't have said on microphone, Watson. Today on the show, yes. we're going to be talking about Wiffles, Waffles, and a lot of old shite. Uh, so, Zombieland Double Tap. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, <laughs> our spoiler filled Zombieland Double Tap review is coming up. Normally, I would advise you to watch the spoiler free review we post on the YouTube channel if you don't want to have anything spoiled. Uh, it's a separate video. This week, do what you want. I don't think we're really spoiling much, to be honest. It's a comedy horror movie about zombies, and we've got thoughts about it. Um, the, oh, do the, watch... the, the more who don't go to watch the movie, I guess, yeah. the merrier. Unless you really want to see it. But also, yeah, do watch the video. Do watch the video, because it's got me shouting at bad drivers on it. That's true. <laughs> so many people taking U-turns. It's ridiculous. <laughs> no, no, like, U-turns is not, you know, at least one of one of the U-turns we saw last night was a legal U-turn. It was just in a really bad place. It was late night. Even when even when U-turns was late are night, legal. People, people were just like, I'm going to do this because no one else is here. Even when, old old Doctor Watyleys. Even when U turns driving, driving uh, down the road. Even when U turns illegal, like I've never seen someone take them in a good place. There's never a good place to do a Yumi. <laughs> Aside from roadside banter, we're also going to be talking about uh, the trailers for Bloodshot, uh, some small independent movie called Blood The Rise Shot. of Skywalker, and also kicking things off before we get to your emails at the end of the episode, of course. Mm. Um. Leaked images came out today. The year oh. of our Lord. Pornographic material. Got to keep those camera sanitary towels on tighter. Got to keep. Got to. Yeah, you got to. You got to seep it. Seep at the edges. Didn't have my press tampons in. Press tampons. Press, I don't know. Prampons. I don't know. I something. A, something. I use a cup. Uh, a moon cup. A moon cup. How so do you I find the suction? Uh. <laughs> Can we say this? We say this as two penis-having people. Yes. So Speak to yourself. He's joking. It's like, mm, mm, let's make jokes about moon cups when neither of us can possibly imagine the sensation of wearing one. Speak for yourself. I'm married. I don't have a penis anymore. Hey, so, oh, um, oh, it's 1970s marriage banter. No, I just meant that it legally belongs to someone. Half of it legally <laughs> belongs to someone else. Belongs. And uh, seeing <laughs> the size of it, half of it is not much. Oh. That's a joke. I've never seen Chris's penis. There's a first time for everything. <laughs> and considering how light today's contents are, Matt, I'll do anything to fill. Oh, please, God. Time. So, LinkedIn um, <laughs> oh, yes. just came out yesterday, uh, as of the recording of this podcast on the 23rd, uh, of Daleks, who are masters of Earth, apparently. Um, they are Doctor Who filming Earth. is rife once again. Uh, it's a shame that it all got cancelled and isn't happening anymore. Yeah, it's a real shame that the, um, the series all got cancelled. But uh, yeah, they were filming on a bloody big bridge. And <laughs> the Clifton Suspension Bridge in Bristol. That is indeed the Juan. Yeah. And on said bridge, uh, spotted by somebody with a long lens. Oh, fucking long lens, motherfuckers. 
were Daleks. Keep your long lenses out of my Dalek invasions, thank you very much. What makes this interesting, um, and uh, in college terms, experimental, um, <laughs> is the fact that there are, I think there's four in the wide shot of the, mm. the, the pick that's out about. Um, four of them, three of which are your classic 2005 bronze design. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. But similarly, we have said on this program before, be nice to it'd be nice to see them show a confidence and ditch that one now. Bring back the new paradigm. That'll you never happen. That will never happen. But it would be cool to at least see them do something new completely. Oh, well, a big chunky Dalek. We're getting a touch of something new, Ooh. and I think I'm just going to say sniff. it. I'm just going to say it. This is why no one will ever fully expect uh, accept a replacement of the 2005 bronze tanks. Yeah, because they never just outright replace them. Like Victory of the Daleks was obviously was about that, but they were still in it. And undoubtedly the coolest design Daleks in that episode were the Ironsides disguised as World War II weapons. You are Correct. sadly right. Yes, yeah. they've got little Union Jacks and one of them. I wanna say, I wanna say it was the um I wanna say it was the new paradigm Daleks, but there's something about a Dalek wearing like fucking pouches yeah. that just made me smile. Yeah, and, and saying, Would you care for some tea? Yeah. Um, but also, think about that. After that, every episode of the new Paradigm Daleks appeared and they appeared alongside other Daleks. Asylum, Magician's Apprentice, uh, the bloody council of them at the start of Asylum are all bronze ones with just like a drone and a Supreme. Mm. Like they, they, The only time they ever appeared on their Bob Tob was when the Doctor taunts that Supreme in the Wedding of River Song. That's in the rubble. That's oh, it. Oh, and the, the stone Dalek in the Big Bang Pandora opens as well. True, but there was also shiny key distractions in those episodes of oh, look at all of these monsters. Yeah, that are here. yeah. So it, it's kind of they never get, they never had the spotlight as these are the Daleks unquestionably. Uh, so I think any new version will always unfortunately suffer a bit behind the very sturdy design of those ones. <laughs> yeah, um, which is why I was surprised to see that they're introducing a new type based on this leaked image. The Reconnaissance Dalek is back. Wouldn't be the same one, but it's the same type of Dalek. It's got some similar design cues to the Scrap Dalek we saw in From Resolution, Resolution yeah. yeah. Which which uh, we learned in that is a Reconnaissance one. It was sent to Earth centuries ago, so it's probably one of the earlier Daleks, like, from the start of them spreading from Scaro. Um, and when it rebuilt itself in that episode, we all looked at it as, wow, that's really cool. That's a Dalek using Scrap and, sh- and Crap to rebuild a casing for itself and it's got elements of the 2005 look in there and that's cool but obviously different it's it's a thick boy and we stand a thick boy on this podcast um with a a really scrawny neck but it's like you know that's you know cool that's great turns out that is just the look of the reconnaissance dalek albeit with bigger bumpers central nerds um a skinny neck and thick thigh, oh. just the one. It's a Dalek. It's got one oh. big thigh. Um, there is a black and silver Dalek of the exact same shape, but with extra bits attached to it, and obviously not made of scrap metal in the photo. Um, Rumours uh, are that this is for the upcoming festive slash New Year special. Rumours are that season twelve's been cancelled. Yeah, it's, it's all not just happening. a smokescreen. Uh, but rumours uh, rumours suggest that it'll, they'll be in a Christmas slash New Year special, and uh, that has fueled further the the gathering proof that the Terry Nation estate demands one use of them per year in a major product or appearance in the show, which would make sense because Resolution, though debuting on the first of January twenty nineteen, 
resolution was part of the 2018 production cycle, so there's a little bit of overlap. Plus, if this is going out on New Year 2020, that would mean a Dalek has appeared prominently at least once per year, um, every year since right, the Right, so they're filming the something that will get before the next series? Yes. The, the, the rumour rumor has been going on for months that the Christmas special slash festive special would be filmed last. And it was uh, likely due to time of year or location availability or whatnot for the other episodes. It's a tight production window. It is a tight production window, but it also depends on how um, how much uh, post it needs. Oh, yeah. Um, and, you know, BBC have shown that they really need a lot of posts on their genre TV shows now. War of the Worlds, anybody? It's shown in New Zealand. It's been on in New Zealand. It has been out, and apparently pirate copy of it is already on YouTube. Oh. Yeah, I've avoided it thus far, because oh. I don't want to watch it prematurely, but it, it says a lot, doesn't it, that that got that got out there. It can't and no be that bad. It. it can't be that bad. Well, the, the the response from the New Zealand sort of um, side of things as far as just been, it was dull. <sighs> Which is really upsetting, because it's War of the Freaking World, I and it should be amazing. Um, yeah, so Doctor Who, Dark's coming back. Uh, yay! Yay! Show me a trailer. Um, Show me a trailer. New York Comic Con has now been and gone, and there wasn't a Doctor Who presence there aside from the Edge of Time VR game. Yeah. Which is an interesting fact for you. Uh, the Edge of Time VR game uh, is coming out soon. It does look like a ton of fun. Um, I hope that it's more than just like a 45 minute exercise and that people get a few hours worth of entertainment out of it. Um, but the VR studio behind it and the wing of the BBC that was going to fund tie ins with that uh, have parted ways. So Things it's likely well. that... Things going really well. Yeah. So that's great, isn't it? Um, it's ridiculous. It's just uh, Doctor Who Legacy. That, remember that game, the mobile game? Was all yeah, that yeah. That's been replaced by Doctor Who Infinity. It's the yes. same, same team that make it, Yeah. but they were basically just like told, yeah, stop Legacy. Even though people invested in it like crazy. And if you want to play it now, you can't. You have to already have it on your device. I mean, it's not that great, so... No, but still, it's just the idea of like, oh, Doctor Who app, like yeah. Doctor well, Who a, mobile game, that's like, the thing with keeping well, the presence going. Like, game preservation for apps has made things very difficult. Because oh. you can't preserve a lot of that stuff. Because once it gets pulled from the servers, you can't retrieve it. Like PT. Yeah. P, like, P, I mean, it's not a mobile app, it's a PS4 game, but PS4 demo, but that's... Stuff like that has presented a challenge to game preservation efforts. Yeah, I mean, I got two PS4s and it's on both of them, so that's my retirement plan. Cool, cool. <laughs> the PS5 comes along, I'm just going to put them both it's on eBay on, it's for about seven hundred pounds starting bid and go. PT's on this. It's still on mine. And you can be sure if I ever get a PS4 Pro, then it'll be on. It'll, it'll be going on that. Just copy it straight over, man. Or PS5 if it, if it supports. Yeah. Did you see the PS5 dev kit photo? Yeah, is it official? Yeah. Okay. So someone did a fo- someone someone uh, developer posted a photo of the dev kit, which basically confirms all the rumors about it being like weirdly V shaped with tons of vents and a bunch. I don't of want that. Front. I don't want that. That's just the dev kit. Well, it, I know the, the unit's not going to look. No, like I know, that. but like I, I don't. I hate the fact that whenever a new console speculation comes out, people put up photoshopped or like anticipated yeah. designs, and they're always unnecessarily weirdly. Yeah, shaped. they're always weirdly complex. But this like, apparently just, is. I just want that. a box. I just want a little box. Um, I can put discs in. But I, it, it doesn't surprise me the dev kit being weirdly shaped because it's not it's not consumer level hardware. So, but yeah, they've already, like Sony have been out there big confirming, yeah, it's going to be called the PS5, yeah, it's going to be out holiday 2020. It's going to be great. 
buy one, please. There won't be an Edge of Time sequel on it, but what well, else? Do you know it what might be backwards compatible? Do you know what? I hope it is for fuck's sake. Seriously, if it's backwards compatible for all previous four generations, I'll be happy. They they will be burning some serious goodwill if it's not backwards compatible with PS4 stuff. But At also least because, with PS4, yeah. Because in terms of innards, both the Xbox One and PS4 are very similar to like off the shelf PCs. Use a lot of off the shelf PC parts. Mm. So and apparently will... so is the new boxes going forward, just scaled up. Mm. So but when we like chunkier. Uh, you know, chunkier graphics processors and stuff like that, and uh, the new solid state technology. But we've seen they've also used the PS4 Spider Man game as a tech demo at showings mm-hmm. for the new loading technology. So either they've recoded Spider Man for PS4 for PS5 and they're just going to fucking re release it, or Game of the Year edition. It's backwards compatible. Mm. All I know is if they were like, here's the PS5, it's 300 quid. Here's the PS5X, and it's exactly the same processor and whatnot in it, so it can be backwards compatible to all four previous generations. If they did that, I'd be like, yeah, I'll pay an extra. They're not going to do that, though. They're going to go, here's the PS5, it's 500 quid. If, yeah. Oh, I just mean, like, if they were if they, <laughs> if they were that hung up on it for some, you know, cosmetic reason or whatever, the idea of mm. f- putting all that extra stuff in it so mm. it could do that, I will happily pay for the bigger, chunkier console. I don't care. I I don't mind my console being a hefty fucker sat on the yeah. shelf. Like I want it to be a hefty fucker. I want it to be big enough that I'm not tempted to put shit around it. So no, yeah, I can leave I'm, the I'm, vents clear. I'm down with that. I just yeah. I don't. It's going to be prohibitively expensive, probably. Uh, anyway, let's let's go on with the rest of the news. That after that <laughs> console tangent. Do you know what is consumer ready software? Uh, Trailers doesn't uh, work. Not software. Doesn't work. Media. That yeah. All right. Consumer okay. media. All right. If you're such a scientist, Cocredia. If you're such a scientist, explain yes, Bloodshot to me. Uh, Bloodshot, starring <laughs> Vin Diesel, is an oh, adaptation the of the Valiant comics. Your Vin Diesel's better. It's an adaptation of the Valiant comics series of the same name. Are you Groot? I am Groot. Um, <laughs> it's a terrible Vin Diesel, but it's better than you. It's better um, than <laughs> I'd say it's a better Vin Diesel than Vin Diesel. Well. So is The Rock. Um, so... What about family? You no, know I'm right. What about family? family. Um, <laughs> Stop being Vin Diesel and you started being Sylvester Sloan. Um, yeah, it's a, a dude, an army dude who loves his family, who loves his who loves his wife, is killed and, and reanimated with technology that lets him heal from any wound and gives him, you know, enhanced strength and, and weird shit. But then it's in the faster trailer, than a locomotive. He's just, can he leap tall buildings in a single bound? No, probably not. Oh. But you know, he's 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 he's, he's butch. Then what good is Where's he? Where's the vest? Oh, oh, I see. So you gotta wear that vest. Gotta wear a tight white t-shirt. Gotta punch punch a column. Punch that column. Punch Vin. a concrete column. The room will fall um, down around you, you blithering idiot. I gotta punch it. Um, column. He's basically just got like a billion nanites in him. Like, so what you're saying, what uh, but but what happens after each mission, Matt? Well, it looks like he's on some sort of weird time loop of getting his memory wiped, and then has new memories implanted to allow him to assassinate people under the auspices of them being the person who killed his wife. But they're not really. 
He's being manipulated. And is every mission real or are some of them artificially created, Matt? Who knows? And 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 is it basically a lab that's experimenting on him and wiping his memory after enhancing him with metal? Who could say? Is it Wolverine? Who could is say? Is this basically Wolverine? Who could say? He's made of nanites. You know, at some point he's gonna he's gonna go all prototype and grow claws. And no, it will just be Wolverine. I don't think that's what they do with Bloodshot in the comics. <clears throat> but this is a Sony Pictures joint, so, yeah, so it could knows? go either way. Could go either bloody way. Trailer's pretty interesting. I'll give it that. It looks okay. The use some well executed nice. shots. Do we know it's, directing? Uh, I'll look it up. No. I'll look it up. No. I'll look um, it up. You, you drop some bloodshot yeah, knowledge it on looks, us. It looks. I have no knowledge of bloodshot. I have next to no knowledge of Valiant Comics and their properties. I know bloodshot. I know Exo Manor War is one thing, and there was an Iron Man versus Exo Manor War video game for the SNES. Iron Man versus Iron Exo Man, Man and Exo Manor War in heavy metal. A, a Marvel and Valiant crossover. Yeah, yeah. This was back in like the late nineties. So oh, when people didn't give a shit about yeah. that because because the industry was failing like crazy, yeah. had no backup from anyone bigger, and they were like, oh shit, we it should was, probably support each other. It was on the SNES and Mega Drive, and I think Saturn got a version as well. Um, there was some weird like there there was some. We'll have to look at some of these older like console, uh, ma- uh Marvel and DC games because we've got stuff like the. The, the old Pin. X-Men arcade stuff would be amazing. Uh, it's Spider-Man, the uh, Spider-Man Kingpin one on Sega CD is yeah. apparently really fucking good. Oh, God. Well, uh, yeah, one of them's good, one of them's really bad. Yeah. It's the one that ends with, if you make the wrong decision, Mary Jane being uh, 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 melted in a vat of acid. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, because um, reasons. Uh, it is the directorial debut of David S.F. Wilson. What should I know David S.F. Wilson from? It's his directorial debut. No, I know that, but like, is he a, is he a writer or he, do, he has no he or... has no Wikipedia article, so I'm gonna look forward to see if he has an IMDb. Fuck? I'm gonna see if he's got an IMDb. Delve even further into the hole of Bloodshot. No, the Bloodshot hole. But yeah, it looks like they're going. They're doing the. We're gonna do the comics look, but not because in the comics Bloodshot is like stark white or silver skin, depending on how it's coloured, with a big red spot in the centre of his chest. He's like a walking Japanese flag. Yeah. With a black yeah. crew cut. And, um, but in this, of course, he's bald and diesel. And he, have, he, has, he has flashes of the red eyes that the comic version has now and again. And in one of the fight sequences, he's got this glowing red chest. But it's going to be interesting to see how... Because there's that shot in the trailer where he gets half his face blown off and it grows back. So it's going to be interesting to see how far they push the violence of it. Uh, what sort of rating they're going for. Dave Wilson has only directed one thing before. It was an episode of Love, Death and Robots. Oh, that had uh, mixed receptions because it was, was the Netflix series, series wasn't it? Yeah. it? He uh, ran the camera department for uh, Bowie's Glass Spider back in 88. Okay. And he has done visual effects work on, here we go, boys and girls, Rockfish in 2003. Okay. So I'm guessing that's when his professional career began and the Bowie thing was probably helping out when he was like a teen or something. Yeah. Uh, Warhammer 40,000 Dawn of War. So mostly All the cinematics video. for that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Gopher Broke. The short, 2004 animated short. Okay. Company of Heroes, 2006 video game. Another relic. Halo game. Wars, Mass mm. Effect 2. So lots of cinematics. Uh, Most of the cinematic and the trailers, yeah. Force Unleashed 2. Yeah. The 2011 Old Republic Star Wars game. Yep. Planetside 2, Guardians of Middle Earth, cinematic and trailer director for Bioshock Infinite. Uh, yeah, that has some decent trailers. Elder Scrolls Online. He was a creative supervisor for Age of Ultron. Okay. Uh, he was the trailer director for the Old Republic Knights of the Fallen Empire. Trailer director for The Division. 
and trailer director for the Old Republic Knights of the Eternal Throne. So, of course, he's got some pedigree in. He's in a video game guy. Yeah, yeah, he's a video game guy. He knows the generation, so at least he'll be able to bring those chops to. I mean, that's what Tim Miller was. I was going to say this. This is very Tim Miller doing Deadpool. Deadpool yeah. yeah. Um, Tim Miller, of course, has directed two films now. Terminator is his second, isn't it? He hasn't done another one in between. Terminator Dark Fate. He was going to do something else, wasn't he? There was another he was film. He going to do Deadpool was... 2. No, no, even after that, there was another film. Oh, that he was doing that yeah, didn't, probably. Didn't happen. I can't remember what, though. Um, but yeah, and Dark Fate, which again, from the trailers, looks really good. We'll uh, talk more the, about that next week. The Guardian review came out today for Terminator Dark Fate. <gasps> Go on, tease me, tease two me. Two stars. Hey! Terminator, Arnold's back, and it won't ever stop. <laughs> Oh my god, that's brilliant. <laughs> that's a great tagline. For those who don't know, I have no expectations for it. I have no expectations for Dark Fate, but I really hope it's good, because I like t- Linda Hamilton. It's a Terminator sequel, after T2. <sighs> the lore of nature suggests it will be garbage. <laughs> that is how things work. We, it, have yeah, but more it could, ba- we have more bad Terminator films than we do good Terminator films. It could be films. more Terminator 3 than it is Terminator Genesis. So I'd be happy about that, you know? Yeah, but also Salvation. I'd take that. Salvation's dull as yep. fucking dishwater, well, made man. for a great on-rail shooter arcade game. Uh, Salvation Cabinet was always really as, good. As great as on-rail shooter arcade games can be good. Hey, it was a comedically oversized gun. It's a it comically oversized gun. They did the Rambo game with the same setup. Oh, fuck that and, game. Um, the, well, the game they just cloned and put on disc and said, here's a PS3 title. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, wait, what? Yeah, basically. Like, what works on a screen in an arcade does not bloody translate directly to a PS3 screen. I know, I played several home versions of House of the Dead games. I don't know, the Wii version's kind of fun. It's alright, but the, the, Wii, the, Wii, the Wii lends itself. Like one, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But I've also got Overkill, which is the, the, the console-specific House of the Dead game. Does that work? Yes. Okay. Did you, Was out... there a gun plug-in for it? No, because it came out on Wii. Ah, uh, It was, right, it was okay, originally so. exclusive. They later released it with move support on the PlayStation 3. Which I have got, but the move peripheral is not very good, so I haven't really played much of it. You kept your move peripheral. I've got the move stuff, but oh my god, you are all you are already ahead of the game for VR. Yes, because every time I've looked at VR, every time I've had disposable income and thought maybe I get VR, like maybe it's gone down to like two hundred or something, and I'm like, Mm. go on, sod it, like let's get it, like your bundle. If it was in a bundle for two hundred for the headset. And like four games and and a newer camera or whatever, I'm like sure, absolutely. But then I go, oh wait, most of the stuff I'd want to play, you need the move controller with. I mean, I've, like, I've uh, played like, a like Russia of... Blood and and yeah. and uh, Batman v- Arkham VR and things like that. But the move controllers, they don't set, they don't stock them new. No, they release some again when VR first came out. But they're expensive as shit. They're expensive as shit. It's ridiculous. And yet, about a year in the year two, three years before VR came out. They were throwing them away for yeah. like a tenner. You couldn't fucking. You could not fucking give them away. It's hilarious. But I think the batteries on mine are fucked. I'm not sure. I need to. I need to actually try because I. I don't. I don't think I have room for the PlayStation camera setup that they you, that you need for the PS3 move stuff in my. Yeah. I've I've moved some things around. I'm gonna try it again because I've got. Though I've got House of Dead four and three. I've got House of Dead Overkill. I've got Dead Space Extraction, which again, which like Overkill was a Wii game. Mm-hmm. A Wii exclusive rail shooter that they then ported to the PlayStation Move. I've got some PlayStation Move compatible stuff that I'd like to actually play. Mm-hmm. Sports Champions, which is the Wii Sports sort of yeah um, rip off. Uh, the Wii has not survived um, different types of TVs, by the way. Really, 
I don't use mine too often simply because it's a fucker. It with the with the with the sensor sensor to be honest because my TV, dear listener, is on the wall, and so the sensor is just above it. But if you move the sensor below it, yeah, because obviously the way you meant to set it up is the sensor is just above or oh, just, just below. below. If the sensor is above uh, is below it, it freaks out because we all we have to aim up at my TV and it doesn't quite understand what the hell's happening. Yeah, and with it being above it, it's fine. But the third party controller I've got as my second controller freaks out and doesn't understand what the hell's going on. Oh, that's more because you've got a third party controller. That's true, that's true. But it works right. fine, it works fine for something like third Mario party... Kart or like, you know, yeah. when you're actually controlling a game. Third party controllers right. are, um, you know, a hit, uh, generally more a higher quality than they used to be, but that you still I don't know. I, I, I've still got two of my third party PlayStation 2 controllers in that box over there and they work better than the uh, the actual Sony ones. All, but one, all but one of my GameCube controllers are third party. What I love about them as well is they always have like a Turbo button or something like that, and it never no, does, no, no, anything. does anything. Don't do anything. Button. That's all over from like days of the old arcade games. Yeah, it's so That's stupid. Like, oh, we got your Turbo SNES controller with all these switches on it. What do these switches do? They make the buttons press faster. I couldn't think of a better uh, way to describe Bloodshot, really. Hey, to be honest, it's a holdover from the arcade era, and <laughs> I it, it, it's got some fun stuff. It looks neat. It looks it looks like it could be neat. Uh, next trailer that came out this week was some yeah. little fucking like forgettable side. Yeah, I've not thing. heard about this before. The Star Wars. Are we pronouncing this right? Uh, the, the Rise of Skywalker. Sky. It'll be some. It'll be some weird sci-fi fantasy pronunciation. So it'll be Skywalker. Skywalker. Um, no, let's just go. Let's just go see Alita again. Star Wars. No, thank you. I've to own the libs. Four let's years see, free. Let's go see Alita to own those libs. Oh. Um, Alita, the film that would not end. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not even that long. Yeah. It's not even that long. And it's not, I, I like it. It's not even that terrible, really. No, like, on, just, re- on reflection, I'm like, yeah, I actually, I, I did have fun with it. It just wasn't great. It's like, you know when you're eating a bowl of soup and you're like, mm, this is nourishing and, yeah. and there's good stuff in it. And then 15 but, minutes later, you're yeah. still going. It's just like, like oh, it just fuck. never, how, where is the bottom of this bowl of soup? Do you know I tend and to do looking soup at the bottom and... of the bowl to see if there's a fucking tube in it. But the bowl's not even that deep, but there's just still soup you in the bowl. You should accept soup from Mary Poppins. <laughs> this is how this works. Do you know I tend to do the soup now? I have, I have some bread with it and then as soon as the bread's done I'm like right pick up the bowl drink the fucker just so I know it's but gone but then it doesn't end it oh my god end. oh it's like that bit in the Treehouse of Horror where Homer's just eating the endless donuts in you're hell just, you're just drinking hum, for hum, six days hum hum, hum more hum hum it's like hum. I've got to take a I've got to take a breath before I've before, <laughs> but I, if I don't finish this soup now it'll never be finished that's Alita Battle Angel in film form but yeah. yes but tell you what will finish, Matt. The right, the saga. Although it will live on forever. The, sa- the saga it will end. finish, but it will the live on forever. It will live on forever. Uh, the Star Wars saga. Fucking uh, Rise, Rise of Skywalker, Skywalker final trailer. Uh, I, I was, I'm kind of looking forward to this movie. I'm rewinding before seeing this trailer on Tuesday. Um, I'm kind of looking forward to seeing this movie. Like I, I wasn't a huge fan of Last Jedi. It did kind of take the wind out of my sails a bit, but I, I do... I do like the new characters. I just, I, I'd like to see more of them. Hmm. So I was excited to revisit them. I was interested to see how the saga would wrap up now that the guy who wrote chapter one of the saga is coming back to do chapter three. I wondered if it thematically it would just make, it would make me like The Last Jedi a bit more in retrospect because it would be like, you know, there's this kind of, The Last Jedi would then become even more of an empire for me in that it's the yeah. the weird odd one of the three that shakes things up like as it as it is now i wasn't a fan but i think if it turns out to be 
if, it, if it turns out to retroactively, yeah, yeah, if it turns out to retroactively very much be the act two of a three act structure, then I would probably respect it and and revisit it. Um, uh, I like the emphasis on practical effects that they were implying was going to be back in this one. Yep, because they did lose that a bit in Last Jedi. They went a bit more CGI with the with the creatures and the characters and stuff. So I was a little excited to see a return to I mean, more not that pra- much. It was, mainly, it was mainly the, the, the horse is, the creatures is, on Canto Bite that were CGI. Well, well, a lot of Canto like, Bite for me. The oh, st- the fact that Canto Bite felt very much like, oh, we're in the prequels. Yeah. Like we're in a green screen room. Yeah. Um, but then you go to stuff like the Luke's, Luke's Island. That was, was great. very practical. That was great. Like the, you know, the, the weird um, cow creatures are very practical. I still think weirdly and the my hogs. F- I still think my favorite location the of the of the sequel trilogy so far is Maz's Cantina. Yeah, that was pretty fucking great. It's just, it's just so like and everyone goes oh it's just like uh, uh, Mos Eisley I'm like well yeah, that's the point you can't yeah. help but think that because it's Star Wars and it's the first of a trilogy and, yeah. and uh, they're visiting a cantina to get some help from someone of ill repute and, and uh, you know like, I get know, it it's got that it's got the weird sort it's of the, the weird music and, which you know, is great that variety of characters and they don't linger on them they're just there and you're like what the hell um, so yeah. I was looking I was looking forward to this how are you feeling pre this final trailer were you looking forward to Rise I was like, I just want to see how they, I just want to see what they do I just want to see what they do Solo hadn't like sort of made you go. Mm, no, solo was back fine. A bit. Solo was better than it had any right to be. <laughs> like I'm, I'm, I'm astonished that that film came out and was as watchable as it was. Traveling alone. No, so, no name. Uh, let's call you Han Solo. Han, Han Solo. Han, yeah, Han. Bob Top. <laughs> Han Billy No Mates. Han Billy No Mates. Han. Forever Alone. <laughs> Han. Hashtag Forever Alone. Han Friend Zone. Han Friend Zone. Han Friend Zone. <laughs> um, <laughs> Jesus. Uh, how do you feel after this trailer? I. can feel. The, the love of Star Wars that I have running through my veins like liquid hot gold. I am so jazzed. Is it like I'm a million? So jazzed. <laughs> Is it like a million voices of doubt cried out and then were silenced for? Oh, I'm just like I don't care. <laughs> I don't care if this movie is total shit. Give me a two-hour loop of Kylo Ren walking through the waterfall, oh. switching his saber grip. Yes. Just. Give me two hours of that. There's some lovely striking shots in this trailer. Holy shit. There are some really nice striking shots. Uh, Kylo and Rey in the old... Well, the second Death Star throne room. Um, And that weird, creepy juxtaposition of Rey by the throne (laughs) and Kylo (laughs) further back stood where fucking Luke was like throughout that scene in Jedi. And just what they're going to do with Palpatine. Like, I'm just fascinated to what they're going to do with Palpatine. We hear him. We see his throne. And I mean... Palace throne, as in Ralph McQuarrie sketches yeah. from back in the day of this big Not the fucking... arachnid-esque yeah. like limbed throne. Um, we see presumably the side of him on some kind of mechanical thing in the final shots before the title, where he's Possibly. lingering in the side and Ray's looking up like, what the fuck? Um, I think he's gonna mecha, be... mecha Emperor. <laughs> I think he's going to be mostly a ghost. Yeah, mostly true, but... But, also, but we never he, saw the stuff we never Star Destroyer saw rising him, from the ocean. We never saw him That's die. And it was also like not even Star Destroyers, like not not new not first understand, like fucking Imperial Star Destroyers. Mm. Like, mm. oh shit, alright. and two massive Is fleets. someone raising that from the, the water? 
Probably. Like like the uh, tie fi- like the X wing in Empire. Maybe like is someone raising that from the Maybe. water? Why not? Are we talking some super powerful fucking scary Jedi Sith shit here? Um, um, yeah, do, I love the look. Of, I love the look of our principles in this one. Yeah, uh, Finn's ditched the jacket, which makes me sad. But uh, but that's hopefully because it's hung upon Poe's bedpost. Poe's oh! Poe's Seriously, his... put them together, please. Poe's doing his best Nathan Drake. Yes. Oh Jesus! Just straight up cosplaying it's him. Like, it's okay. Nuts. Uh, I like Rey's outfit because it's sort of a mix of her Jedi training look from Last Jedi and her outfit from Force Daisy Awakens. Daisy so fucking good. She's, she's so good. She's adorable. She like she's just she, ah like she's... in interviews she comes across as one of the loveliest, bubbliest, silliest people ever. And then in this, it's like, yeah, no, I totally believe that you could um, fight off a bunch of stormtroopers. Ray's got a fucking steel backbone. And, and feel, but at the same time, and feel bad about it. Yeah. Like, you don't want to be killing people, but, like, you're doing what needs to be done for the good of everybody. Like, you you can see a, you can see a weight on her now that she has more of a key role. Yeah. Um, for everybody who's like, oh, Mary's too. Like, sure, if that's how you feel, but, like... <sighs> Sure, if that's how you feel, but go for it. Luke mastered the Force super freaking quick in the first one, considering what you're all arguing Ray shouldn't be able to do. Like, do you know what I mean? One training session with a flying ball shooting at you in in a ship's like lounging area does not a Jedi master. But in make. the expanded yet, universe, Chris. But in the expanded universe, which doesn't exist anymore. Well, it does. It's just a different one. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> there's lots of there's um, lots of Luke learning Jedi stuff in the Marvel comics. Uh, all I'm Which is getting a new is... number one, by the way. They're, getting, oh, they're, they're going they're, back. They're bringing the current series to an end and then relaunching it with a new number one post-Empire. Okay. Oh, okay. Oh, right. So, so like, like, everything that's the first so far has been is, between... Like, is, is up, leading up to Empire. Right. And, and I believe it's... I believe it's post-Empire they're doing the next series. You know what they should totally do if they haven't already? I know obviously Marvel did the adaptations back in the day, but what? you know what they should totally do? New adaptations. New adaptations. They've done new adaptations new of all the, f- of uh, the films. The current, the current ones. ones. Yeah. They've done but comics adaptations of, of Seven and Eight and, and Solo and Rogue One. Do New Hope like in the lead up to the end of this run and then do Empire and then launch number one with the next one. Because how fucking cool would that be on your shelf for you to be like, right, there's the New Hope. Here's everything that happens in between. It. I don't know. And that, then you can then bookend it with that, the Empire. That seventy, uh, that seventy-seven, a new home adaptation is charmingly shit. Oh god! Oh god! All the Marvel comics where where, um, where Chewbacca just looks like a dog. Yeah. They just draw a dog. Yeah, yeah. With a Sasquatch's physique. They, they've re-released all that classic Star Wars. Yeah, stuff. They, they put them out in the, in the Essentials collection. Yeah, epic. That's yeah, all. Yeah. They put them out in the Epic collection. It's all. Time. It's all uh, listed as Star Wars Legends. Yes. All the Dark Horse stuff as well is getting reprinted as part of that. Good. I like I like how IDW and Dark Horse have still been making Star Wars books with Dark Marvel and Disney. Uh, no, they they. Um, I know you have. Oh no, that's it. Sorry, no, the Dark Horse stuff's been getting uh, the, the 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 new collections coming out. It's getting IDW have been making Marvel. IDW been making stuff. They've um, done the Star Wars Adventure stuff, the All Ages yeah, stuff, yeah, the All Ages stuff, which is like, huh? Why not do that through Marvel? But I guess it's probably a distribution thing and like a brand confusion. I don't know. Have I you seen know. the new toys that have come out as well? The little cartoony style ones. Uh, there's some some in our local supermarket of choice. I have not. They're, they're, they're like £9. If they were like... I know that's weird. If they were like 7 quid, I'd totally buy a few of them. The little... The very Disney Toy Box-esque. Oh, okay. Um, got a little more stylized and with better paint apps. Um, I... Very cool. I have seen some very cool... Very cool. Some very cool... Uh, Rise of Skywalker stuff. Because they had the Force Friday. Yeah. And released a bunch of shit. 
And yeah. yeah, there's some good stuff. I want there's some good stuff. I would like. I I don't. I'm not seeing it yet. And based on lack of information, we'll probably never see it. But I'd like a figure of the Mandalorian. The, the Black, the Black Series figure of him looks really cool. Yeah, yeah. And I'd like. I'd at least like to get hold of Ray, and Kylo Ren from the new one. Because I'm not, I'm not collecting them anymore. But then I would at least have a Ray and a Kylo from each of the sequel trilogy films. I want Sith Ray that we saw in the first trailer. I'm starting to think that's part of a, of like a hallucination or a you know what I think it is what I think. She goes to the Force Cave on Dagobah. Yeah. And it's a rehash of the, um, Luke fighting Vader sequence from Empire, where it's it's Vader's it's his face under, uh... under Vader's mask. Have you seen that cosplay photo from NYCC of everybody who was dressed as Ray and lined up with finger the finger? That yeah, that's really great. good. That is such a cute picture. No one likes his character, is it? You fuck you. It's not for you, then. It's not for you. Fuck it you. isn't for you. And that's okay. Like, it's okay for it to not be for you. Yeah. Zombieland Double Tap is not for me because I like good films. Oh! What a great segue. <laughs> um... So, if if one line from 3PO over the course of 10 seconds could make us feel warm in our jellies... It does. It's a shame that 99 minutes of Zombieland Double Tap didn't quite deliver anything for us. Clarification. I'm a big fan of Zombieland. I love it. Um, I loves me some comedy horror, and I thought the execution of that one back in 2009 was so well done. It strikes a wonderful tone between grim and depressing and sort of morbidly funny and, and the first ca- occasionally island. crass. It sort of it, it feels like the zombie equivalent of the first series of Red Dwarf. Yeah. Like, it doesn't shy away from, this situation is the bleakest thing ever, and we're probably never going to see a brighter day. It's something but of a doesn't mean we can't genre. doesn't mean we can't bitch and have a laugh and take the piss out of each other. Yeah, like I mean, one of my favorite bits ever in the whole thing is just literally um, Columbus sort of uh, contradicting Tallahassee briefly, and Woody Harrelson in the best sort of casual delivery ever just says, "Do you want to see how hard I can punch?" <laughs> no. Okay then. And it's just like it's just Woody this... Harrison is great in, in that movie. <laughs> They're I mean, all great. The four in that movie. are great in it. A tiny Abigail Breslin like doesn't get swamped by uh, rising star at that point Emma Stone or rising star Jesse Eisenberg or um, one of their careers know, went better than the others. Set star Woody Harrelson. Um, <laughs> like the, the the central four of of Columbus and Wichita and, and Little Rock and Tallahassee and Zombieland is one of the reasons why it sticks out. Yeah, people remember it fondly for how grim it kind of was, uh, the weird Family Guy esque zombie kill of the week uh, segments that are cut into it are quite funny to watch in yep. the original film. Um, there's of course like the infamous sequence with Bill fucking Murray. Um, which is such a funny, brilliant idea. They get to LA on the way to Pacific Playland and decide to <laughs> use a celebrity map of homes to find the home of Bill Murray because it's where Tallahassee wants to stay and it results Bill. in them finding Bill Murray is still alive but dresses up as a zombie and pretends to be one so he can go out and play golf. It's just like, Fucking great. There's some great stuff in that original one. It's, it's so much fun. It's short, sweet. It's an hour 25 long. The climax, though fun, is kind of... It feels like uh, a weirdly rushed one. Lucy and I revisited it the night before we went to see Zombie on Double Tap. Yeah. And when um, Wichita moves on, and like she she and, and, and Little Rock just move on, leave the Mori household and go to, um, to Pacific Playland at night and turn on all the lights, it does, for those characters, feel like a weirdly stupid move. Like, it's really dumb. 
but two minutes later... Oh, so I guess that's I guess Double Tap's consistent with that in, in, yeah. in that respect. Well, two minutes later, the film's distracting you anyway, because you're like, oh my god, it's a zombie sequence in a fairground at night, and they're using the rides to get away from them. And you get hit with, you get hit with so much fun that you kind of forgive the weird character inconsistency because it led to this set piece. You're like, sure, whatever. Tallahassee riding around on a small roller coaster shooting at zombies and yeah. climbing up it is... A lot of fun. To I watch. guess the sequence with him in the the teddy booth and he just lines up the um, cartridges along yeah. the thing and he's just bang fire 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 bang fire. Um, because we're meeting them for the first time, the characters are well defined. Like Eisenberg is, I think, I think it's another social network. Obviously, is like quite a high point for him, but I think Zombieland's my favorite Jesse Eisenberg role. Yeah, uh, as Columbus, because he's just very likable. He's very aware of his neuroses and how irritating he can be. Yeah. The few times where to the viewer he's a bit like, oh, God, that's annoying. Tallahassee will obviously say or do something that makes you go, oh, thank God. Like, someone's there to, to shut him up. Yeah. Um, But he's pretty charming. He makes a believable leading man in an apocalypse scenario in a way where the film goes, yeah, we know he's not the obvious leading man, but hey, what about this? And you're like, okay, fine, sure. He's genre savvy. Harrelson's a great foil for him. Uh, Emma Stone is wonderfully kind of stony. Ha ha! In that first one. Abigail Breslin is adorable and charming in it. It's fun. It's a lot of fun. It's great stuff. So when I saw the second one was finally coming out a decade later, I was like, cool. All right. Fair enough. Let's see what you got. You guys, the guys who wrote it, have gone away and written two Deadpool movies in the interim. Yeah. You nearly got to do what you wanted in the first place and turn Zombieland into a TV show, which nearly. was what it, they originally wanted to do yeah. um, by doing an Amazon pilot, which wasn't too well received because it was a little too snappy, a little too gaggy, a little too punchy. But sure. And also it's hard for people to buy the characters they liked so much in the film being played by new people yeah. in a remake of it. Like the TV series should have... Should have been other characters. Yeah. Difficult um, to do that. But then they would have just made... The, the actors did a good job. Like, then they, they, did a, just... they did a really good job. But, but if they were different characters, they just would have written the same characters with different names. Probably. That's what they would have done. But that might have been, that might have been uh, at least digestible. Because it's like... So you're not carrying on the film, but we get a taste of what the film's like characters were yeah, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there's, there's ways to do it, but it's like, hey, they finally got their way because they've had some hits under their belt in the interim. And obviously the Central Four have been approached and gone... Do you know what? We clearly had enough fun on the last one. Yes, let's do it. Let's do one more. And Ruben let's Fleischer as a director obviously got, got a bit of um, got a bit of uh, weight to throw around after the success of Venom. Yeah, which is you yeah. know one of the most successful shit films I think I've ever seen in my life. The second most, as of last week, the second most successful R-rated movie ever released um, financially uh, after Joker. And followed very closely by It Chapter 1, I think. Yeah. Um, so it's, you know, the, 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 there's a pedigree. Uh, we didn't like Venom. Um, and Deadpool 2, though entertaining, and I do really enjoy Deadpool 2, it's nowhere near as sharp as Deadpool. And no. Deadpool 2, the difference between Deadpool and Deadpool 2 in the writing of it is Tim Miller, director of the first one. Tim Miller wasn't involved in the second one. So this is them, after this string of hits, coming back to write, and one of them direct, a sequel to their 2009 Now Cult hit, without Ryan, Ren Ryan Reynolds' input, obviously, mm. or Tim Miller's input, and it does show our brief spoiler-free thoughts. But also, before we do ask for your spoiler-free thoughts, look at the... 
Look at what Ruben Fleischer did after the original Zombieland. What did he do after the original Zombieland? 30 minutes As, or, as a director. 30 minutes or less in 2011. Okay. It's god awful and yeah. makes a comedy film out of a pretty horrible real life criminal case. Yeah. Oh, um, god. oh god, wait, that's the <gasps> Yeah. That's the one about the pizza guy who yeah. Oh, okay, that's horrible. It's yep. fucking okay. gross. Okay. And but, not a good film. But continuing his tradition for darkly grim comedy um, scenarios, even if it is disgustingly it's sensitive. Not, it's not even darkly grim though, it's just stupid. Oh, it's a stupid They play film. it up as a as a um, goof fest. Oh yeah. 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 Oh Christ. Gangster Squad. Which, by all accounts... Had was... a massive production thing where yeah. it was put back for like a year and a half and everything on its release. And it's got the hell of a... It's got Sean Penn, Ryan Gosling, Emma Stone, Giovanni Ribisi. Yeah, it was, it was the first team in of Gosling and Stone, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. So like, oh, fuck. Um, so I, I think I think those two recovered. <laughs> and then... <laughs> Venom. Venom. I, I needed a bunch of TV stuff in between um, Gangster Squad and Venom. I've got to pay bills, haven't you? Um, five years before he got another film out after Gangster Squad <sighs> wow so I okay. think Venom bought him a lot of goodwill within the production not with audiences because well no with audiences because there was a, I, well, there no, is a violently I'm, passionate listen, fan base for listen, that movie I there think, are people who enjoy it as a goof there I are think, people who enjoy it because they're like yeah no it's fine and there are people who are like fuck you it's the greatest comic book movie ever made I don't want to be like you Disney shill. I don't want to be intellectually elitist here. Please be. But I think <laughs> the people who love Venom are not people who look for directors' names when they're looking for other films to like. So I don't think in that sense Venom bought him a lot of goodwill with audiences. Because yeah. I think the people who liked Venom don't care who directed it. Yeah. So when they started advertising this with the director of Venom, even those people wouldn't be fussed. Yeah. Whereas with those it just made us go... Really? I mean, really? I get it financially. I mean, it's the biggest financial success, but it's it's also not the best movies I've made. And I think it's only better than 30 Minutes or Less because 30 Minutes or Less is so fucking gross. Three, four minutes after the mid credit scene rolled last night, just before we left the cinema, you turned to me and you said, I think the first Zombieland might have been a fluke. Yep. I have to agree. Yep. Our spoiler-free thoughts for Zombieland Double Tap, folks. Uh, I recommend watching Zombieland. It's probably on a streaming platform for free. If not, it's probably on for very cheap to rent. Yeah. I do recommend it. If you see it in a DVD bundle, like at HMV at some point, get it. It's a lot of fun. Um, this one is more of the same emphasis on the more... Because they family guy it so much. They find jokes that they turn into recurring jokes that weren't that funny to begin with. Yeah. But that's okay. We can fill time by repeating them. It's like the fourth season of a sitcom, which is still relying on the same character catchphrases. And imagine if if the Fresh Prince only ever... Um, relied on Uncle Phil throwing Jeff out of the house. Every ep- if, if that happened every episode and that was the only joke after like a five minute period. Y- sure, it's funny, but two, three episodes into your new season, you'd be like, is this all, is this it? Mm. Is that all they're giving us? It's kind of like, yeah, the, each initial delivery is like, okay, sure. And <laughs> each initial delivery is like, yeah, sure. That's funny. And then 
it just sort of it just dies out super quick because it's, it's it's more of the same. There's a recurring gag which you'll you'll see in the trailer mm. of essentially a Tallahassee and Columbus duplicates arrive at one point. Yeah, and you're like, wait, what? I mean, we'll get into the whys and, and wherefores in, in spoilers. Yeah, but like that but... is a joke that takes up the next. 10 minutes of the film. Imagine. And isn't. It doesn't impact the story. Without wanting. It doesn't get funnier beyond the initial. Oh, huh. Without wanting to be too spoilery, it's that one gag from Shaun of the Dead, which is what? 20 seconds? But stretched uh, yeah, out. Yeah, there's like, like a minute of dialogue yeah. and then 20 seconds of characters walking past each other. But stretched yeah. out for 15 minutes or yeah. thereabouts. Or what feels like 15 minutes at least. But in, in, in a move fitting of this movie for me. Every time it taketh away, it always gaveth a little something. So, like, that unnecessary joke led to my favourite visual sequence in the whole movie at the end of that joke. Um, once again, they cast up. Everybody is... Everybody is pedigree in this. Everybody is great. Nobody goes for a shitty comic delivery. The downside to that is... You can only do so much if the material you're working with is shit. And it's very poor in this. It's a very poor script. Yeah, it is. The first one works because I guess it was just refreshing, really. The comedy material America is... does Shaun of the Dead. They don't do it exactly the same. And yeah. it's it's like... Shaun of the Dead is very British. Zombieland is very American. The comedy material... Both work quite well. This is... is just like... This is... Fr- it's, it's, it's fratty? It's dated. Yeah. And... Had this come out, I think we would have received this better, weirdly, had it come out in 2010. Oh, yeah, absolutely. 2010, 2011, direct sequel. We would look back on this a lot better, I think. But it it just, it does feel... And now the film, the film also tries to establish the idea that they've not moved on. Because obviously... Culturally, they've not moved on since 2009, which makes sense. Which makes sense, but like, that's not, that doesn't mean the humour has to be stuck in that period. Um, because it, it, it would not surprise me if big chunks of this script and specific gags date back to the time of the original movie yeah. and ideas that it had bouncing around for a sequel or the series. It also assumes that everyone remembers the original movie in, in, a, in a cultural osmosis kind of way. Yeah. In like a, oh, everybody knows time to nut up or shut up. It's like, no, I think people who are aware of the film Zombieland yeah. remember him saying that the two times he says it in the but, film. Yeah, you, they double down on that shit here. It's it's like a sketch show which doubles down on the on the catchphrases in later series. Actually, there's one recurring gag they never bring up once. The Twinkies. Oh yeah, yeah. The Twinkies never get brought up. Nope. Bill Murray gets brought up. But in two re- different ways. They replace the Twinkies gag mm. with another gag. Which is never really referenced in the first movie. Which one? They replace Twinkies with Elvis. Yeah. Yes. It's yeah. Almost as... He like mentions Elvis once in the first, but it's not like a key character trait. No. But it, it provides an entire motivation and a bunch of set pieces in this one. I don't know. Um, there's some really good gore. There's some really fun zombie action. There's some really fun zombie kills. There's some really cool uh, post zombie apocalypse like cultural ideas. Mm. There's a location in the film called Babylon. Which is a um, a pacifist's retreat, pacifist commune. Which, when you look at how they've done it, you're like, 
Yeah, that, okay. Let's see you actually... These guys have definitely survived for 10 years in this world with this system, and I can see how. Because they I are wall- they're walled off just enough. See, I can't. But, but to be fair, they up the stakes in the film of how the virus is changing. But I, I, which well, is pretty I, well, unique I for a lot of these... I don't know many zombie things that actually do that idea of like, oh, the virus adapts over time because food is running out. What I can't understand is how that I mean we'll go more into this in spoilers but yeah. how that society got established in the first place yes that's the, it either has <laughs> to have already existed in some form prior to it all going to shit or they have somehow managed to cobble it together but, but I we'll, thought I we'll thought talk about that more in spoilers yeah. but as soon as I saw it I was like that is where the third act's gonna take place oh yeah because yeah, yeah. Um, again this film's nothing if not predictable yes that's another big and problem. predictable in all the worst ways the new cast are all pretty fine. They're just, again, like I said, okay. they, they're getting they shit, get to, work shit with. to work with. Yeah. The original four are great. The film wastes Abigail Breslin by removing her from the equation for long, large chunks of it, which motivates the plot, but doesn't make use of an actor who has, of course, changed and grown and, and done different shit since she last did this yeah, age like, of, like, of, of the four leads, like she's the one who has the most capacity for development yeah because she's literally grown from a child to an adult in the time between the first two in between the first film and this mm. so why not and like, why not bank her, on that and tell more stories well, yeah, her, ma- her yeah. maturation is a is a plot point but it's only ever a plot point it's never actually treated as character yeah they never explore it in any meaningful way other than saying that this that this thing is a motivation for a and that's it. It's never de- demonstrated to be that. Yeah, it's just she is plot device. We touch on it, and now they're all back together. Yeah, and it's like that sucks. But you know, whatever. Fine, cool. Emma Stone is fine. Feels a little wasted a bit because she's they sort of regress the character almost. Um, the movie in general is very regressive. Yeah, its humor is very regressive. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. Um. Do I recommend... If you're a fan of the original, do I recommend seeing it? No. Uh, I say yes if you want to spend more time with those four characters. Yeah, I guess. If you're not fussed about spending more time with them, don't bother. If you do want to see it, I'd wait for streaming or cheap rental. Don't, I... don't take the trip to the cinema unless you're going to double bill it with another film of equalish like length and make a night of it. I... The problem with this, my biggest problem with this film is that it's a, it's a horror comedy, which yes. is neither funny nor scary. Yeah. Either intentionally or otherwise. And it just, it was never, just it was never enough have, of, it was never enough of a, a balance of both. I just spent more time sighing than I did laughing. You did. You spent a lot of time scratching your beard and you, you always scratch your beard. I am a beard But like, you were overly scratching it as though it was something to occupy your well, time. Well, there's two kinds of beard stroke. This won't make sense to you on an audio medium, but there's two kinds of beard you stroke. You say that, but like, there's, you say that, hmm, but, but your intrigued. beard stroke does does make appearances throughout yeah. the podcast. There's, hmm, intrigued beard stroke. Let's, get, let's, 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 hear, let's hear the intrigued one. Let's get close to the mic. Stroke. Hmm. Christmas this, town. This is concerned <laughs> beard stroke. Hmm. And that's me grinding there my hairs together between my thumb and forefinger. There was a lot um, of that one last night. Just like, mm. yeah. So mm. that's Ma- that's Matt's review. Concerned beard stroke. Concerned beard stroke. Um, 
Let's do spoilers. Let's do spoilers. Let's go knee deep into spoilers. Um, let's get let's get um let's get let's get let's get let's get rock. Let's get the big things out of the way. Okay. Um the most prominent new character from the trailers. Uh Madison, Madison. played by yeah. uh, Zoe Deutsch. Zoe Deutsch. Absolutely horrendous. <laughs> like Lowest common denominator, dumb blonde, stereotype, sexist, bullshit characterization. Yeah. Fair, fair play to Zoe Deutsch. She does what she can with the material, but it's mm. just she she finds painfully unfunny. She finds enough of an angle of her own to make her delivery quite yeah. unique, and 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 she is not unlikable. Like, but she's such just to say like the character. She's not unlikable. I think ultimately you do feel sorry for the character more than anything. Yeah. But as a as a, an element in the comedy well, no, movie, it's just like tiresome gags. I think I felt sorry for the character, but I think the movie wants you to hate him as much as the other characters do. I couldn't because it's merciless about I, it. I couldn't hate her as much as the characters I, do because, but I think that's because I was looking at the meta level of like. My God, Zoe, you are trying so hard here. But she's just and and there's some there's some bits that got a proper chuckle out of me from her just because of her twist on the delivery. I described it before as like a very Matt Berry esque approach to certain lines. Yeah, she's good at twisting words out of their normal shape. Yeah, in, a, in an entertaining way. Yeah, but that's about the most interesting thing she could do with the material because it is so trite and dated. Like, the f- and the film is mean as fuck. It's really nasty to her. Yeah. Like she's a utter punching bag for the film. And to the point where we get a fake out where for a good chunk of the film we think she's been turned and Columbus has had to kill her. We later find out that's not the case, mm. which is fairly predictable. I was all sort of 50-50 on to Because basically she gets sick after eating nuts and they think that she's succumbing to the zombie virus. Yeah, they're like, they're, they make a big point of the fact she yeah. and, and uh, Wichita are eating trail mix. Yeah. And, and um, I was like, okay, she's clearly having an allergic reaction. But then... As far as you're aware, you know, it happens off Yeah, they sort of play it out long enough that you're like, oh, oh, no, maybe not. She maybe then. is actually turning. Maybe she is actually turning. Okay. And then they play it as if Columbus has killed her, but of course you don't see the shots. And then you find out later on that she survives, she's had a allergic reaction, and she catches up with them. And how she catches up with them, I don't know, because she displays no. Like, how she survived there's a lot of that for 10 the, years. There's a lot of that in the first film, too, though. Yeah. Like, like, when we first meet Wichita and Little Rock, they steal. Um, uh, oh my god I'm having a moment uh, Tallahassee's truck yeah and then they steal another car from the neighbourhood and they drive further along and they find the truck like out of gas and screwed in the middle of a highway um, so I the, the first film kind of very lightly just you assume oh everybody takes the same kind of main roads when travelling cross country yeah but yeah in this it is like there's a lot of country roads in this and you're like how the fuck are they all but running also, into each other also, again also how does she know where they're going you know, she's never really yeah, displayed yeah, any kind that, of competence that point, at anything. At that point, it makes sense because they've already been yeah. to Graceland, haven't they? Yeah. We'll get to the Graceland thing in yeah. a second when we finish with Madison. Because but... at least with that, it made sense. Because it was like, how yeah. do we find Little Rock? Well, we know that she mentioned she's already got Graceland, so they're going on a hunch. Yeah. And like that makes sense. That's how they find the tavern because it's like, sure, like, cool, fine. It's a point but it's of just, interest. It's but... just really awful. Let's laugh at this woman. Yeah. Humor, which is just. Can we get past it, please? Can we not do it anymore? We've done it. Like we've been doing it for fucking decades. Can I think we just stop. The one funny bit from her in terms of delivery and when the film was like, no, okay, this character's funny, 
was um it was the way they let her sort of basically state her intent of sleeping with Columbus where like they got to the bedroom she was like I don't really want to tour and he's like oh okay and she's starting and he obviously feels awkward because he broke up a month ago yeah. in Wichita and then she just like snaps at him and goes like look I've been in a freezer for 10 months I want to get my end ten away years. for 10 years I want to get my end away and um, you better say yes or I have to I will have to work up the we're, courage no, we're to, either doing this we're either or, doing I'm this, doing the old or, I'm, guy. or I'm working up the courage to fuck the old guy yeah. <laughs> something like that and then he's like alright okay and, and that's you know that's a that's a fair understandable human reaction. And but, that's, the, but then the character but that's the most but then, she ever gets. But that's the thing: the character then doesn't have any agency no. or attitude again after that point. Also, how the fuck has she survived in a freezer for ten years? Because later on, she's sarcastic briefly, and again, the moment's nice just because the way she yeah. and Eisenberg deliver it. And because um, Wichita goes like, "Was that sarcasm?" And she sort of is like, "Huh?" And she looks over to him, and he sort of gives a nod of like, "Yes," and she goes. It's like a little victory, like, yeah, I did it. And like little moments like that are funny, but like you say she's just a punching bag beyond yeah. the sex scene. There's no Even the sex that... scene even the sex scene yeah. is a punchline, but at least in that it's her punchline that she commands. But then after that, she is just a punching bag for the movie. Um Let's talk about yeah. let's talk about um Can we talk about Little Rock and um what's this for uh, Berkeley? Berkeley. So fucking Berkeley as well. He's another again like dumb shit stereotype. Th- there's you could do more. It, here's the biggest problem with this: we meet so many dumb shits in this movie. Like in the, the first, the entirety in the first film, of Babylon, in the first feels film, like a big middle finger to millennials yeah, in, in general. In the first film, there are six credited characters in the first film. Yeah. There are six credited characters when those end credits roll, and that's Columbus, uh, Wichita, Tallahassee, Little Rock, Bill Murray. <laughs> and 406 who yes. is Columbus's roommate he was 407 and 406 was his roommate uh, played by Amber Heard Ramsey. yes and she gets um, a shout out a very brief shout out in this in a way that again like I don't know if that would hit everybody no it's such a weird thing like yes you are hot 406 hot and it's like right um, I only remember okay. what that means because I watched the first one the night before yeah so huh um but like that's it for the for the first one. So we meet the four central characters, none of whom are, are stupid. Like Tallahassee's um, headstrong and bumbling sometimes, but they make a big point early on of yeah his, he found his calling once the apocalypse began. Yeah, like he is a zombie killing machine. Yeah, and he is very good at it. Yeah. Um. So none of the characters are dumb. Like stupid in places, yes, but they're not dumb. Uh, they are as flawed as human beings are. Um, 406 is not dumb. She's a terrified young woman who we are all, we feel sorry for in the flashback. And then she turns and she's a terrifying creature. And um, Bill Murray is a wonderful comic interlude in the middle of the film, in the middle of the second act. And it works really well and it's really funny and memorable. Um, in this movie, we meet a lot more of other people. Yeah. Only one of them, two of them-ish are intelligent human beings. And that is basically Rosario Dawson's character who runs the uh, the Elvis Memorial Place just outside of Graceland. Yeah. And um, Columbus's double, played by Thomas Middleditch, who is still just a daft caricature, but at least is like a sensible human being. These are the only two characters, maybe also Luke... Um, what's his name? Luke, uh, Luke, Luke Wilson. Luke Wilson. Him too. Like, you can believe those three have survived the 10 years so far but everyone else you meet you're like no 
like Madison included, everyone else you meet, you're like, you should be dead. Well, you can kind of believe you that. You should be dead but in then, this world. Yeah, the thing, the thing that gets me is how the fuck did they establish Babylon? Yeah. How did a bunch of pacifists who were only children at the time of the original outbreak, so are therefore grown up mm. in a post-zombie world... I mean, if they, if they could fill all the, the same, gaps, maybe all... maybe their gun-loving parents set up the community, and then over time, like people have lost and died, and, just... they've, and they've set up that mission statement of right from now on, that is it, no more violence. We just look out for each other here. We grow stuff. It just we... doesn't make. As soon as you, I mean, okay, there are plenty of things in plenty of films I like that don't make sense as soon as you think about them, but this is just such one. It's just such a big one. Yeah. This is just like yeah. And also, just what? that recurring gag of group sex. Like, there's only two things not we don't. Funny. There's only not two funny. things we don't allow here. That's guns and group sex. When they first said it, it was like, okay, that's a weird thing to point. It's not a punchline. But that, that's that guy. That's a weird thing to point point out. That guy. That's all he does is make that gag. Yeah, like later on, they're hugging. He's like, I said no group sex. Oh, go on then, group sex. You're like, what? What? It's what? not funny. What? It's what? not funny. It's not a joke. But then it makes you again think back to like, why is that a rule then? What? What? Why is that a rule? Don't know. Don't why know. is that a rule? I huh? Don't know. Is it a rule so that he can hilariously contradict himself later by offering on three occasions to have group sex with everybody? Why? It's not funny. It's not a funny joke. Berkeley is again. Berkeley would work in another film. Yeah. Because the idea of the douchebaggy hippie esque weed smoking guy who charms the girl who's been sheltered and not really met another boy her age, like. In, in a scenario where like that's not passing easy. Passing off Bob Dylan and... Like, that's funny. And the, I, do, I did like the bit toward the end when she was like, oh, for God's sake, like, even a even a 10-year-old knows who Bob Dylan is, you yeah. fucking poser. It's like, you're like, okay, that's kind of funny. She's just gone along with it because she's like, this guy's fit. Yeah. Sure. Fine. Whatever. That's... Okay. Cool. But you question how the fuck he has survived over 10 years. Yeah. Just we walking see that, around we with We see that he's in an abandoned yeah. attic in a building on a roadside. You know, that was another thing about this film. There's maybe two scenes that take place within small town America. Yeah. The rest of it is random buildings along the road. Yeah. Even Babylon is just a random block of flats in the middle of nowhere. There's no overgrown buildings outside it that suggest it was part of a development or something. It's really, really weird. Like it, it when you see it, it's like a, it's like a biz, It's obviously a business or a research center or something like that. Because you see it from above at one point, and there's all these, you know, trendy kind of walkways and curved yeah. entrances, and then the tower block. But it's like, what is that? Why is it so far away from it, everything else? It feels like they were trying to make some statement on like pacifist left wing millennials or some shit, but then forgot to actually write any jokes. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I, I just don't understand how any of those characters are alive in that world. Yeah, are they truly alive though? Well, without guns, without group sex. Oh, that too. Fucking hell. Um, uh, just, I mean, did I, the stakes get upped when you arrive there? In the sense that because their pacifism, they have one strict rule aside from the group sex one, which is they melt all the weapons down. And I'm like, okay, that will be the that'll be the location for Act Three. Yeah. So there's They'll no have to like, fend them off with no guns. Yeah. And are these new T800 zombies, which are stronger, faster, meaner, etc., etc. Something the film does at the beginning, which I liked, but then it squanders, is. They over the ten years they've got names for those different types of zombies because they've figured out there are different ones. There's the Homer, which is just the dumb meandering thing. In the first one of those, we see they make an effort to make it a bald guy with a bit of hair over his wearing ears, jeans and a white wearing jeans and a white t-shirt. Right. And there's a donut in the middle of the Homer graphic on screen. It's like I wonder how much permission they had to get for that to even be a thing. But so the Homers are the zombies that are just dumb as fuck. 
Cool. Yeah, All right. Fine. The Hawking. The Hawking of the oh, zombies. Oh, the Homer's also have to be fat because fat people are funny. Well, they do. They do make jokes in the first one about cardio, and they describe the idea that like, doesn't matter what size you are, the first people to die were the large and overweight people because they weren't prepared for the cardio and all that stuff. And it's like, okay, that's a point. But then, like you say in this film, every person who's there is fat. Yeah, like who who dies is sort of like a big you know. Yeah. Whereas again, in the in the first one, there's there's two quote unquote fat jokes. The first one is the cardio rule, and you see a large guy getting caught up to by a zombie. He's running for his fucking life. Yeah. But the zombie just is quicker and manages to get him. And it's like, okay, fine, you're making a point about the cardio. And then the first, the store where Tallahassee and and, and Columbus meet Wichita in, they go to clear it out before they raid it. And there are three zombies in there and they are massive guys. Mm. But the joke isn't that they're slow or lumbering. The, the implication is they've been gorging on everyone that was in here. Yeah. So the zom- they are just fat zombies. And it's like, okay, sure. This film, like you say, yeah, it's just like, oh, it's funny because the fuck. All the homers are fat. And yeah. It's like, oh, okay. Um, which could you could expand on. You could be like, if the, the, the virus infected corpse slash individual is well fed the brain has been shown to like reduce in activity and development. Yeah, but that would require some thought. Because, 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 I mean, you you could draw that out, but I don't think they intended it. Because the idea is that the the scrawnier ones or the ones that haven't eaten for a long time become more intelligent in the hunt because they're desperate, because there is less food out there now. Um, uh, Because the next one is the Hawkings, which are basically zombies that actually have a bit more planning ability have have uh, some intelligence which yeah. is which is shown in a really cool little segment where it's chasing a scientist and he, he uses eye uh, eye an eye scanner to get into a lab and lock himself in it and the zombie's like right i can't get in it looks down at his dead colleague starts biting his face stands up immediately opens her mouth and uses the colleague the dead colleague's eye to open the scanner it's like that's creepy I like where you're going with this. I wonder if they're going to do much with the Hawkings going for. Not nope. really. They're there, but they don't really show that they're cunning or anything. No. Then, can climb then, a ladder. then they introduce ninjas, which are never used apart from, like you said, maybe the one that's under the RV, uh, yeah. under the tour bus. Basically, zombies that are so stealthy you don't see them coming until it's too late. Yeah. Like, yeah, the, the first you, you notice of them is the sound of your flesh being ripped away from your, your neck or whatever it was. No, the, the, like... the first. The... Or is it the, the, the first you'll ever... The, 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 the first you hear of them is your own screams. Yeah. Which is, again, yeah. a cool line. Like, holy shit. Um, but then they don't do anything with them. But they them. don't do anything with them. And also, the, the, the names don't all alliterate. So that... Yeah. That laugh is Homer. Gone. Hawking. Ninja. Something else. Yeah, it doesn't... Hawking is not a very good name for a smart zombie. But then they imply throughout Act 1 that they've heard stories of there being something worse out there. And well, they start to hear it once they venture outside of the White House. Yeah, and that, that uh, and that's the, that's the film's sort of one strength in terms of the horror. I like the idea of there's these ones that now are way more. You can still kill them by destroy like destroying the head, but you either have to shoot them in the brain at close proximity or destroy the head completely. Yeah, they take a lot of punishment because the virus is fueling the body so much out of desperation and hunger that it is just dealing. Like they're even dodging. Um, shells and everything at one point. Yeah. And it's like, okay, that's a really cool idea that w- would work really well in a straight-up horror or a much grimmer horror comedy film. This is definitely not as grim and is more goofy than the first one. 
so it never quite hits home. It's like you said before, tonal inconsistency just doesn't really work. Um, I like the fact they call them the T eight hundred. I think that's quite a nice little. Yeah, sure, that is what the geek would name the nearly invincible killing machine. They'd call it the T eight hundred. But they mean they got to make sure that they have. Columbus and the Thomas Middleditch character have a prolonged uh, conversation uh, about how great Terminator is and how smart name? he is. Flagstick. Flagstaff. 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 That's it. Um, Flagstick. Yeah. <laughs> Flagstick. <laughs> like, we're going to call him Flagstick now. Let's get that um, gag out of the way as well. So those two... Uh, uh, right, so they go, they go to Graceland because that's a point of interest that Tallahassee's always said he wants to go and he wanted to take Little Rock. And Apropos of fuck all. Because apparently Tallahassee is a huge Elvis fan. Which, sure. I, again, like I said, I think he mentions him in the first one. But I think it was this film's attempt at going... Would you remember how we hear a worship Bill Murray? Let's do yeah. that again. It, that's what it feels like. Yeah. That's what it feels like. There is a nice sequence with the first... They go, they go to Graceland. The way it was shot and lit suggests to me they didn't get to film outside of Graceland. Because you never see it. You see, like, the edge of a building well, and a lawn it's been destroyed. But yeah, but you don't you don't see it's not made clear in the you way it's shot. You don't see barren no. wasteland. You don't no. see a fucked up building. You just it's totally you just saw, so dark. It looked like they were anything. using the edge of the same exterior they used for the White House. Yeah, probably. It was like, what is this? But basically, it's like it's shit. Let's leave. But it obviously, isn't entirely shit because freaking a closing shot of the movie. They've obviously gone back and found that car that Tallahassee wanted to ride in. Yep. The fuck movie? Because um, he made a joke about pink Cadillac, so you got a pink Cadillac in it at some point. It wasn't even that pink. Anyway, um, yep. so they drive down the road and they saw this nice moment of like when all hope's lost occasionally the universe kind of gives you a, a nudge and they see yep. this, which again, a nice idea. The idea that all the lights are on outside this motel slash museum slash bar yep. down the road. Um, it probably exists because Rosario Dawson's character has left the lights on in case any travellers are going nearby because they find that the beast is parked outside there with this car that Little Rock and Berkeley stole. Um uh, and it's like, okay, cool. And there's a fun little sequence in there where, like, turns out the blue suede shoes, like, the blue suede shoes, yeah, perfect fit perfectly for fit for Columbus and not Tallahassee. Yeah. Again, the chemistry of those two characters is fun to watch. Like, when he first sort of just lifts his leg um, up and expects him to put the shoes on. The chemistry between all four of the leads when is, Well, when all four of them are actually yeah. together. He's still, he's still there and he's, and he's still great, but the, just the jokes aren't funny. Yeah. The um, jokes aren't funny. Although I did, in I this did, comedy. I did quite like the whole. But again, it's ruined in the trailer. The whole like I ain't telling you shit. Cocks the gun. Hi, my name's Taylor Hesse. Like that is a fun joke. Like, but yeah. we saw it in both previous trailers. So fucking Rosario Dawson just getting completely wasted as an actress. Wonderful Rosario Dawson with this with this fucking crass gag about driveways and who can park in it oh, that they overdo. Just fuck off. Just fuck off with that. Just realised something. What? Our two they make a big point of our two central male characters getting their end away during this movie. Oh yeah. What what what, what about uh Wichita? When's she getting her end away? With Columbus. Yeah, but like that almost that means that in this horrible apocalyptic scenario where the others are sort of forgiven for their momentary lapses or whatever, like, no, she's she's the good she's the goodly woman. And she wouldn't dare do that. It's like, fuck off. Like what would be interesting and more te- more more kind of more of a thing is if she'd also got with someone in some way. Yeah, and... but this film isn't interested in anything that's interesting. It's True. interested in things that were funny ten to fifteen years ago. True. I don't know. I think I probably would have found this movie a lot funnier if I was fourteen still. Yeah. Mm. It doesn't make me retroactively like the first one less. No. But it does make it funny. does make me question like 
whether I love the first one because I saw it at the right time. Yeah, I think there's a lot of that. Like, but you try and go, you try going back and watching Austin Powers movie now. Oh no, I, I don't do that anyway. Uh, I, I I revisited them all about I six about six years time. ago from yeah. now, so that a couple of them were were barely ten years old. Yeah. Uh, and I still believe I still stand by my belief that the 1997 movie Austin Powers International Man of Mystery is pretty funny. Some crash shit in there, yeah. But it was like the first. Uh, it was the first, uh, in a long time parody of Bond and that genre that kind of hit and worked and had that very British core to its sense of humour and, and everything. But like, like, it's crass as hell, but it's still got that British charm. movies were funny as shit when I was in high school. Spire Shagman Goldman you try going back to one now. Um, just the thought of some of the shit that's in those films just makes me roll my fucking eyes, man. Fook me and fook you. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Oh, especially yeah. Goldmember. Goldmember. Mm, Goldmember is abysmal. I mean, by the time Goldmember came out, I was starting to get to the point where I was like, actually, maybe these aren't funny anymore. There's someone listening to this right now being like, oh, shut up, like, just because they're not woke. No, it's not that they're breaking a boundary or anything. It's just that the jokes have aged like crap. Yeah. Because in the two late 90s, early 2000s, this wave of comedies were coming out where the main appeal of them was that they were being outrageous yeah. and grotesque. And it was refreshing and hilarious to see the first time. But now that humor's evolved and people can be grotesque and outrageous and smart, it seems like going back to cave paintings on a wall. Yeah, these after jokes... having sat there and watched George Perez break his wrist to draw the JLA. A lot of that. Yeah, it's it's sort of like oh, okay. a lot of that comedy <laughs> has aged like some dried yogurt. Yeah, you know what I mean. Whereas the, fir- just... the first one less so for me because was clearly a one day I want to pastiche this genre. Yeah. Whereas the others are, how do we keep this joke going? Ah, and just... and it's yeah. I mean just the whole just the whole um just the two of us shit in the second one even just feels cringeworthy. Yeah. It Why is, is Doctor Evil just randomly going into a rap sequence? Because Why that is was happening? Song at the time? Bullshit. No well and yeah, but then funny. their version was it's really funny separate because this man is small like a child. Oh God Initial joke of Minnie Me's funny. The initial joke. The idea that he's creating a clone of himself as a companion and they've not quite perfected it so the clone is literally a compartmentalised version of him. That's a funny joke. But then after that, the joke is just, Fern Troyer is small! Yeah, and it's just like, oh, okay. Okay. Because in in, in Spire Shagmere, they're at least playing the idea of the clone has not quite worked. Yeah. So, like, he, he gets his own little cat and he tries to eat it. And stuff like that works because it's like, oh, the clone isn't perfect. The fuck is going on here? But they're, not, they're, all... not, they're not making a joke out of the fact that he's a little person. They're making a joke out of the fact that this is a condensed. But then there is a of subtext it. of him of dehumanizing the person with the water. Oh god, especially it? especially yeah. toward the end and so the third the third movie distinctly. Yeah, good god. So you know that's no good. Michael um, Caine's in that third one, which has just th- randomly reminded me of the trailer for um, the Gentleman. Oh yeah, where Hugh Grant is just being Michael Caine, yeah, which is charming as fuck. I honestly, when I first saw that trailer, I was like, "Is that Griff Rhys Jones? He does look like Griff Rhys Jones. It's the goatee, isn't yeah. it? It's the, the thingy beard. Oh, it's like, oh, yeah. fucking Hugh Grant, Jesus. Hugh well, then I had the same thing with Charlie Hunnam and Tom Hardy. Like, yes, Tom Hardy. No, what was it you said last night? Don't worry, Charlie Hunnam. The more you grow your facial yeah. hair, if you grow a big beard, no one will notice that you're not Tom Hardy. Um, <laughs> 
Um, yeah, it, it's um, that was the highlight of the screening last night. Was the trailer for the gentleman? That was my favorite part of what we watched. No, Knives, Knives Out trailer for Knives Out. I'd, but I'd already seen that. Though. Oh, that's fair. So, yeah. yeah, the entirety of the Knives Out trailer was funnier than the entirety of Zombieland Double Tap. Let's let's give it its due. Let's hit stuff that we like that we can that we couldn't talk about in the first half. I'll let um, you take this one. Okay. <laughs> I liked all of the White House-centric jokes. I thought they were a lot of fun. Yeah. Because it kind of showed you that these characters haven't... Like, they've not only... Especially Tallahassee and Columbus. They've not lost their passion for the stuff they're interested in. Yeah. Like, that's sort of kept them sane. But not only that, they share in their passions a bit by now. Yeah. Like, especially when they hear the weird noise and Tallahassee grabs... Uh, was it a big old mus- uh, a, a, a bloody a mu- musket? A musket, yeah. musket. And, it's, and it's, like, it's like George Washington's... It's some something. like historical reference, and he sort of tells him that as Columbus leaves the room, like he sort of shares. He just mentions it offhandedly, and Columbus holding a giant sword, he's like, "Oh, sword of the blah, that was gifted to blah blah blah." Back in there. And he's like, and they both sort of go, "Oh, cool. oh nice." <laughs> it's like stuff like that. The idea yeah. that he uses part of a portrait of um, Taft or whatever to yeah. to wrap um, Little Rock's present because he was the fattest president. Because he was the fattest president, so there was more. Cap- but then, which I was like, ah, oh, funny, okay, whatever. But then later on, you see that portrait yeah. in the hallway, and it is like, yeah, and no one calls attention. No to calls it. attention to it. That's comedy. That works, and it's like there is a lot more of that portrait left. He's gonna point like this. That, that's, 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 that's comedy. That's you know, funny. That stuff works really well. The, but the, it's, there's not enough of that shit in the there. initial right, like. I mean, I mean, I even didn't hate the... Why did they call it the Oval Office gag? Because at that point, it was too early in the movie to decide whether Madison was going to be a drawn-out joke or not. I hated that joke. Yeah. Hated it. You hate jokes about ovals, though. Yeah. I'm They're really, your least favourite shape. I'm a real oval champion. You're an oval snob. <laughs> You're an oval snob. I'm on the oval team. Hey! Oh, there it is! Well, there it is! I don't believe for a second that no one else had tried to use the White House as shelter. I don't believe for a second that a woman could exist in a mall on her own for ten years. That was dumb as shit. Now, she lives in a I'd freezer. Before, it's funny, she lives in a before, freezer. If this movie had come out in 2011 and was set like a year after the zombie yeah, apocalypse, maybe. I'd buy it. But the idea decade. is she, she's held up in the mall and whenever she hears a noise... She hides in the freezer. In a fucking velour tracksuit. Yeah. For ten years. Yeah. Uh, things I liked. Fuck the off. The fact that Columbus, uh, whenever they do raid a mall or whatever, um, will always go to the scented candles and just give him a sniff casually for a few minutes. is quite a funny idea. Because it's like, yeah, you would want home comforts. And I guess that would... Enjoy I guess, I guess Zombieland of stinks of shit. Yeah. So you would want to smell something nice. And, and Yankee terrific. candles have been left there unopened yeah. on the shelf. They will smell exactly as they did when they were made. Probably burn a few in the White House. Why not? Yeah, go for it. Like, that's that's a good joke. Um, and it's not even a joke. It's just a fun little character touch. Uh, I liked the, the use of the reintroduction of the travel light rule. Um, yeah. where Tallahassee was like, I'll pack your bags for you. They just didn't, and they drove off. Yeah. Like, it's it's a nasty joke, and unfortunately was the start of many. But by that point, it wasn't as obvious that was going to be a thing. And I was like, also, that is quite funny, because they, again, they pinpoint it not by saying anything. <laughs> they drive away, and the fucking rule just mm. creeps back onto the screen. Travel light. That being said, everyone has at least one duffel bag, and, Mad- and Madison's not allowed to have anything. Yeah, cruel, 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 cruel. Cool, 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 cool. Because it's pink. Yeah. Oh, fucking hell. But, oh, but you have to be a man to ride a pink car. And, uh, uh, um, the brief sequence of Christmas was really charming. 
Yeah, that was quite neat. Like, that worked quite nicely. Um, uh, you wrote in this first <clears> edition of Fellowship of the Ring, and you put my name in it, uh, and you didn't stop. That was quite... That was... Was it you wrote my name in it? Oh, and yours too. You, you, didn't, you didn't stop. And it's, it's just... <laughs> that's, that's sweet, because it's those characters that you like playing off against each other, but as soon as you introduce... The new characters and the new content, it just falls apart yeah. completely. Yeah. Um, right. I like the fact that despite the actual priorities of the world around them now, Tallahassee still gets fucked off by stuff that would just upset a redneck. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, the, 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 upon learning that um, Berkeley is a hippie, it freaks him out. He calms down, then he learns he's a pacifist, and he just straight up, for understandable reasons in a way, it's like, how the fuck is she going to be safe with this guy out there? But at the same time, like, his temper tantrum was, I love the fact that he's still petty about this sort of shit. Yeah. Like, he won't drive the electric car. The, well, it's not, it's uh, not, not electric, electric car, sorry, he won't, he won't drive the minivan. Yeah, he hates the minivan. Because he just is, like, disgusted by the thought of it, and he he drives it for, like, the first two stretches of the thing, and then after that, he just sort of turns to him and like, do you mind, I... I just can't. I can't do this. <laughs> it's like I just can't do it. It's like that stuff's funny. I like that. I, I, I like the continued joke of Eisenberg. The only thing Columbus is genuinely terrified of is clowns. Yeah. Um. Because it makes for a couple of nice little really dude like Least even not now taking moments, the ice cream ice cream van. But obviously doesn't get to pay off the way it does in the first one. Nope. Where the last zombie he has to basically kill before he can rescue Wichita and Little Rock from from the the drop in thing in the uh, from in the theme park is a fucking zombie clown. Like, it pays off in the first one. But in this, I was like, okay, I like that they carried that motif over because it is hilariously nonsensical that that would still be a thing that scares you in a world where things are trying to eat you. Um, there was there was stuff that I liked, but it was just... There's little interactions and moments that are like, oh, okay, that was I like I like the idea of murrying. I like oh, the yeah, idea that yeah. in ten years, somehow word has got out about what happened to Bill Murray. Someone killed Bill Murray because they thought he was a zombie, but he wasn't. Yeah. And then that's become a verb for when mm. you kill someone by mistake because you think they're a zombie. Murraying. Murraying. That was funny. And I think that would have been the best use of the of reintroducing the Mur- Bill Murray gag. That would have been it. But they couldn't help themselves. They couldn't now, fucking help themselves. Like I said, no, every time... They couldn't help every themselves time... put it in the fucking trailer. <laughs> yeah. Well, in the trailer, it's got a different context. Yeah. Because in the trailer, you see him, and he's, he's just like, what are you like, it, like uh, this movie, man, like Larry Wilmore or whatever is like, it's not Larry Wilmore. Al... Al... Roker. Al Roker. Al Roker. Um, Al Roker goes, uh, what's it? Like, uh, this kind of movie would have been Bill Murray's like, I know, right? And and then it cuts to Woody Harrelson, like, in footage from the film, there's like a ding of music in the trailer, and he goes like, we're expecting there, were you, whatever. The post, if I'm not mistaken, the poster behind him in the trailer... For the junket, it's not for Garfield. It's Zombieland. Oh, okay. So in the trailer, they're purposely trying to make you go, wait, the fuck? And when Rosario, Dor- when Rosario Dawson's character said murrying, I was like, is this movie about to start getting meta on purpose? Are we going to start? Because obviously the narration of the first one is like a just standard narration for the movie. The narration for this one is like, hi, you're watching a film. Welcome back to Zombieland. Like this, that and the other. And it's like, is it going to get meta? Like, probably not. No, of course it didn't. But No, because the dead don't die. I already did that. Every it time, in a way more interesting Every fashion. time the movie took something away, it gave back something a little... Nowhere near as equivalent, but it gave back a little something that was kind of cool. Mm. And the two main examples of that that I can think of are... It took away 
Um, My will to live. The, the wonderfulness of Bill Murray's legacy in this being that Murraying dialogue. Yeah. By being like, oh, here's a forced extra thing with the real Bill Murray <laughs> during the mid-credits. But what that gave us was undeniably some of the, albeit very brief, funniest actual moments. I mean, yeah, Bill Murray because it's clearly his way through the beginning of the zombie apocalypse was fucking fantastic. Yeah, the, 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 the narration apologises for killing Bill Murray in the first movie so they give you the audience a little something and then it flashes back to day zero. So sometime in 2009, presumably. Yeah. Oh, no, 2008, because in 2009 it's been a year since the zombie apocalypse. Yeah. Uh, wait, but the subtitle said 2009. No, it's it? 2009. Oh, the, great. The, film came out, the first film came out in 2009. It did, but the events of the movie take place in 2009, a year after the events of um, the virus outbreak. Shut up. Okay. <laughs> so, um, they didn't think about it. You, neither do you. Yeah. Bill Murray's on the press junket for Garfield, Garfield 3. 3. Which you see a poster for in the mall early on. Yes, yes. Which, which I thought was quite Which is a, is a nice touch, because again, that in itself... I think the implication is, is, that, it's, is it's the same mall. Uh, no different mall because they're in DC at this point. The the mall in uh, oh you mean where Bill Murray is? Yeah, could be. Whereas DC though, yeah maybe. Um, but uh, the, 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 it's it's a nice callback to one of the best improv lines of the first one, which is, "Do you have any regrets?" Garfield maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so the idea that he's making a third one is fun. Um, pros. Clearly improvised bits of dialogue. Bill Murray is really yeah. fun. There's a couple really nice sort of it's, like, oh, that's funny. I think I said when we were thing coming is, out, that's the, that's the closest thing I've seen to Bill Murray enjoying himself on screen since Ghostbusters. Because they've obviously paid him money to come down for like two days yeah. and just shoot this scene in a junkie And by room. Ghostbusters, I don't mean Ghostbusters 316. I mean Ghostbusters yeah. 84. 84? Yeah. 84. Yeah. Uh, the greatest year in movie history. Temple of Doom. I know it's not the best of those three, but it's still a lot of fun. And uh, Gremlins. Um, so... Yeah, the downside to that is like, although Al Roker's one of the people interviewing him, the rest all seem to be people who run YouTube movie channels, including Grace fucking Randolph, which confuses me because she was the one who tried to petition for um, Deadpool being redone into a PG-13 before its release in 2016 because she was like, it's not fair that kids can't see this. And it's like, have you ever read a fucking Deadpool comic, Grace? Yeah. Says says the woman who's done voice acting for two Grand Theft Auto games. Has she? She's in The Lost and the Damned and episodes from Labisa. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. I feel slightly queasy. Grace Randolph is, for those who don't know, she's a... She used to be the host of Marvel's The Watcher back in the day, mm-hmm. which people were like, what's that? And I'm like, yeah, I know, because it went through two further iterations and then what's disappeared. That? Uh, Marvel the Watcher was like Marvel's weekly web show roundup of all the comics and this, that, and the other. She's pretty good on that. And as a result, when she left it, I was like, Do you know what? I'm going to follow you on to your next thing, which became her channel, Beyond the Trailer. And I watched it for about a year. And then I started to notice her opinions were kind of weirdly regressive and toxic in some places. So kind of perfect and for she, Zombieland Double Tap. And she was very snobbish about a lot of stuff. And yet would always rally behind stuff with angry fan bases. Like, she thinks Batman mm. vs. Superman is a fucking five-star movie and anyone who doesn't like it is thick. Mm. And whether she believes that or not, I'm like, you don't have to insult the people who do like it, who don't like it. Like, this is weird. Why are you doing this? She also used to be a comic book writer, but she stopped doing that since running a YouTube channel full-time. Yeah. So you think that the writers of Deadpool would be kind of angry at her because she, she tried to get their film heavily fucked with before it came out. But she also was a massive advocate of Venom. So my theory is, 
as a shout out, <laughs> as a shout out and a thank you to her, they offered her a cameo in this movie as one of the junket journalists. Yeah, maybe. But they didn't pay her, and she did it for the experience, quote unquote, as, exposure. as uh, an exposure as a uh, as a Unpaid fuck you cameo. for the Deadpool thing. Um, <laughs> either way, I was like, oh, I don't wish harm on Grace Randolph, but. I will greatly enjoy watching a fictional version of her turn into a zombie and get zombie attacked and zombie killed, but we don't even see it, like because it's clearly a stunt person from behind. Um, so sorry. Yeah, Bill Murray's funny in that moment. I like the idea that he just takes to zombie killing quite quickly and is like, "Yeah, sure." Well, it's a lot like golf. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we even get a Ghostbusters reference again. He says, "I ain't afraid of no ghost." After he smashed one into a cabinet or whatever. That's oh. fun, but the entire inclusion of that scene does kind of take away from how brilliantly brief his mention and legacy was earlier on yeah. with the Murraying line. And also, he looks way older in this scene than he does in his scenes in the first Almost one. Almost like he's ten years later or something. Like they haven't bothered to go, should we just change his makeup a bit? Definitely or... did not have the budget for that. No. The ongoing joke about the different versions of the rules and the duplicate versions of the two characters at the thing... Goes on forever. Well, that's what I mean. It's, that, it's that Shaun of the Dead joke stretched out far yeah. beyond its its capacity. For, but then it gave us my favourite visual sequence of the film when those two characters yeah, turn. Yeah, that one, that one shot it, fight between... Yeah, well, one shot in scare quotes. Yeah. Because there's some, there's there's some no very way. well disguised scenes. There's no way that they could do all that in but, one. But it's a pacing thing and a relentless thing. And it that's actually really a really well. nicely shot action sequence and it's mm. probably the best action sequence in the film. Because it's cool. a lot of zombie films are out in the air and like, oh, we'll, we'll show them in a street, we'll show them yeah. in a mall, we'll show them in a thingy, this and the other... It was nice to see a, it, the, the best sequence in the first movie for my money was the flashback to 406 turning into a zombie and how yeah. Columbus deals with it. I, I think Fleischer does have a, a, a talent for doing close quarter zombie yeah. scenes. That sort of enclosed space yeah. claustrophobia. Like you are there with this thing that these things that are getting stronger and will either infect you or bite your face off. Mm. That's scary. And I think the, the, the ferocity of that sequence was like, there we go. I want to see more of this, please. Because there's still comedic moments within it that work. Like the three or four times Columbus gets smacked in the face um, whilst trying to deal with his zombie, like getting after him and stuff. I don't know. I think partially as well, I think that sequence existed just because they liked the idea of having zombies that look like them attacking them. But they didn't do anything about it. They didn't do any sort of introspection or anything about the idea of like, oh God, like... Let's not end up like them. Yeah, it's just... And also Rosario Dawson seems relatively unmoved by it, considering it's the heavy gag implication that, that she and Luke Wilson's with, characters yeah. have slept with each other a lot. So it's like, you think she'd be a bit moved by that? But no. Uh, Don't get attached. Yeah. Rule number whatever. <sighs> Shall we move on? To emails? Yeah. Sweet, sweet emails. Sweet, the sweet, sweet release of email there. Yeah, I'm up for that. I'm up for that. Take me away. All right. Take me out of Zombieland and to the inbox. We've got a couple. We've got a couple. Um, this one comes in from Sean. Of hello the dead. Sean. Not that. Sh- spelled differently. Spelled with a W. Ah. Um, the knockoff. Says, hello, big damn lads. Hey, Sean, the traitorous knockoff duplicate. Wow, that was a lot of, that was a long list of the Disney Plus catalogue and a lot of <laughs> Sky Ghosts. You're right. Yes. You're right. Lots of Sky um, Ghosts. It made me look into what the gaps were about for at least the missing Marvel stuff. It seems that Netflix still has rights to those movies for a few more months after launch. Oh, and I can only okay. extrapolate a similar reason for other missing titles. Okay. Oh, Except for maybe Song of the South. Well, yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, and the reason for a delayed launch in the UK seems to be because of a deal with Sky for the Sky Cinema Disney Channel is still in effect for the next few months. Okay. So I guess that's a non-compete thing, maybe. You know, yeah, do you know what it probably is as well? It's probably a thing from Sky saying, don't tell people what the date is yet, because then you'll just have people just starting to unsubscribe from us. Whereas yeah. if they just announce it like a week before, hey, UK, you get Disney Plus now, Sky will see less damages because people will be like, oh, I'll keep my Sky. Like, maybe, I don't know. It's the only thing I can think of anyway. Hello. Oh, oh, I've got a dog. My, my wife just joined us. She's been um, bitten by a zombie. Oh, no. Oh, no. No. I'm going to eat a bagel. Oh. oh, that famous zombie meal. Those zombie bagels. Um, Zagels. Zagels. If you will. Uh, anyway, so has anyone checked out... Has anyone checked out El Camino, a Breaking Bad movie? As I have so many people say on Twitter, it's unnecessary, but a fantastic watch. I would say if Breaking Bad finale was then shutting up shop, then El Camino is them going back in and turning off the lights. It was slow and reflective, but it's always driving forward and wraps up the story so it can go no further. It's the Toy I, Story 4 of Breaking Bad. Yes. I have not watched El Camino yet. Keeks is in the prog- in the process of watching Breaking Bad. For the first time? For the first time. How's she here? How's she finding uh, it? She's pretty, much, she's pretty enjoying it. We, we, the last episode, I watched the end of an episode with her last night, and then she watched the next episode after I, after I left to meet you guys. And it was the episode... You've seen Breaking Bad, haven't you? Yeah. It was the episode where... Um, Spoiler alert for a six-year-old show, guys. Where um, Hank has his showdown as he's encountered with the twins. <gasps> yeah, that's horrible. Uh, so she's like, cutting towards the end of season three. Yeah, now, yeah. Um, in a little over two weeks. So she's rattling through it. So when she's finished that, we'll watch Elf Meal. I've heard really good things about it. So hmm. I'm, uh, I'm uh, down. Down for that. Down to Clarion. Because also Aaron Paul. But also revisiting Breaking Bad with uh, Keats has just made me realise how incredible the cast is in Breaking Bad. Mm. Like particularly Aaron Paul and Dean Norris for me. Yeah. Absolute star players in that series. Dean Norris is Mike. He's Hank. Hank, sorry, yeah. Who's Um, Mike? uh, Mike Emmertrout is Jonathan Jonathan Banks. Banks, That's it. Um, Yeah, so he's only just come into this show where Keats is in the moment. Oh, of course, yeah, because he, he, sort he, of, he really comes appears, in he, around uh, tail end of season two and then series uh, three is when he's a regular. season three, I think, oh, okay. is where he first appears. Um, After we've seen Danny Trejo's head. Well, it might just be the end of season <laughs> two. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tortuga. Um, <laughs> Tortuga. <laughs> so, uh, this one comes in from our friend. And yours. Your friend. Uh, Charlie. Charlie! Says, hey. says, hello, boys! Hello, lady! Uh, I've just started the Netflix Dark Crystal series, and so far, it's excelente. Mm. Thoroughly enjoying Sorry, it. Sorry, I meant... Mm. Please! Thoroughly enjoying <laughs> it, although bear in mind, it's something I had no idea I wanted until I got it. Yeah. I've still not watched it yet, but I'm... It's I'm, very I'm good. It. Don't watch it during tea. No. That's all no. I'll say. Here's a twofold question for you, my loves, to make up for my lack of questions for the last several weeks. What are some examples of things, pop culture-wise, that you guys didn't know you wanted <laughs> until you got them? And similarly, what nostalgic film from your childhood would you like to commission into a prequel or otherwise series a la Dark Crystal? Mm. Isn't it depressing that one answer to that first one is a not, is not unfortunately, Zombieland Double Tap? Definitely. Like, I would love to have that have been an answer to that first yeah. question. Like I didn't know I wanted it, but I'm so glad it exists. But, it, before yeah. Zombieland Double Tap, it would have been a Zombieland sequel. Or a Zombieland series, definitely. Yeah. So, so, so some of the haters, like a ton of bricks, is like, oh my god, I never knew I needed this, but apparently I do. 
Yeah, John Wick's John a great Wick. example. Um, definitely John Wick. Mm. And uh... Teen Titans go to the movies. Yeah, I, I'm not fussed about Teen Titans Go whatsoever. Really, it's yeah. not my bag. I'm I'm a very much a child of the the 2000s show. So the notion of the same voice cast just being utilised for comedy hijinks makes me yeah. sad. But I kept hearing from friends and and seeing yeah, people online I've seen a bunch that of Go now. to the movies it's... is worth a watch. I've not, wa- not seen Go to the movies, but I've seen a bunch of the series. And I'm like, it is oh, funny. Right, actually, yeah, this is actually really good. One day I'll let go enough to be like, go on, let me watch the episodes. But it's on I, Prime. I watched the movie and I was like. This is really dumb and really funny. And afterwards, I was like, I am so glad I watched it. See, that. I, I have the, the sort of minor advantage slash disadvantage of being drawn to these things via children. Yeah. So I get exposed to these things <laughs> by virtue of the various children in my extended family. So um, that's how I came across Teen Titans Go after being like, oh, it looks silly. And I've watched a few episodes of it and gone, actually, this is, this is, pretty, this is pretty fucking funny. Is it limited to mo- is it limited to movies? That question. No, no, just what pop, what, what things pop culture wise. Counter Spy. Yeah, Counter Spy was PS3, pretty good. PS3, a PS4 um, tactical shooter. Pretty fucking good. I got hooked like mm. crazy on that for about four months. I just, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. Um, I, for for video games wise, it was Warframe for me. Like that yeah. just ticked oh. so many boxes that I didn't know I had. What you mean, Warframe? The game you play weekly on the weekly Wednesday Warframe every Wednesday on Twitch.tv slash Big Damn Stream or Twitch.tv slash the game I have. Uh, no, Twitch.tv slash Big Damn Stream. Okay, so it's um, really catered, folks. It's, it's not my stream anymore. Um, <laughs> That's that still there, but I never use it. But I mean, like I've played five hundred and twenty days in that game. Christ, that's alive. not like total time. That's like how many second yeah, logins yeah. I've had. Yeah, Christ alive. Um, Christ, it's it's indeed. Alive in Warframe. And I've had that a lot with video games. Like, I've come across things and just be like, this is scratching itches I didn't know I had. Yeah. And when I finally sat down and played, um, and pro- I'm probably said, all right, I'm going to go. I played all the Legend of Zelda games. Mm-hmm. But when I finally sat down uh, earlier this year when I did Legend of Zelda on stream and I'm doing Link to the Past at the moment and said, you know what? I'm going to actually finish these. I'm going to force myself to finish them. I found such satisfaction in doing the um, in in sort of solving the the puzzles in the uh, in the dungeons, and it just scratched itches I didn't quite know I had because I'd always kind of bounced off Zelda games to a certain point. Yeah, but now I've actually gone back and gone oh, okay. Um, so yeah, Zelda and um, what was it the one I had in my head? Something really weird. Um. Oh, it's gone. It's gone. But yeah, that's scratched. Was it my it. penis? Because we've already discussed no, that that is not. half owned by someone else. Definitely not. Oh, Minecraft. Oh, okay. Minecraft. Oh, yeah, no, you did fall into that well. I fell into that well, again, by proxy of the children in my extended family. Um, fell down on Minecraft well and be like, oh. And I and I'd kind of resisted it yeah. for a while because I knew that if that it, it grabbed would, you, that it would scratch. those hooks yeah. would be in you. Yeah. It'd be like... This scratches itches in me that I think I have, but I'm not sure. <laughs> like this, better not awaken anything in me. And boy, oh. did it! Oh, um, it's just so satisfying. It's like, <laughs> and what's, so, the, yeah. what's the protagonist called again? Uh, Steve. Steve. Okay. And what's Minecraft the Slenderman ripoff? Enderman. 
And what are the shadowy things? Enderman. And what is uh, the Slender Man called if you remove the S and the L off the front of his name? Enderman. Oh my god. That's a coincidence. Are you thinking of the Creepers? Probably. Creepers, the, the, the Creepers are the, the weird green things. Oh, right. That's it, yeah. With the scully faces. If you get too right. close to you, they explode. Blah! 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 Um, also, uh, the podcasts of Kevin Smith. Because I now yeah. cannot imagine life without being sort of... Podcasts in general. I mean, when, that's, when, that's when true, I first came it, across... I mean, it's been... It's you, been you, fucking... you, you got me to sink my teeth into podcasts via Adam and Joe and... Uh, Smogcast and yeah, and, so, and Charlie introduced me to Smogcast. Yeah, so, but like I can't so. imagine. Oh, thanks, Charlie. But I can't. I can't imagine life without checking in on the Smith family. Now, it was if just, that makes any sense. It was just podcasts like, in general like, for me. Like when when I first came across podcasts as a thing, yeah. I didn't really get it. And then I started listening to them. I was like, oh, it's just people chatting about stuff, and it just. I had no idea that I was that way in, inclined. Who would ever listen to that? <laughs> I was I was I had no idea that I was that inclined to listen to people chat about nonsense. It's probably some of the podcasts I listen to Keeks is into as well. But some of the podcasts I listen to she's like, it's just people talking shit. You know what? I think you know why podcasts have taken off so much? It's because it's it's selective radio, talk radio, essentially. But radio's become so commercial and so strictly yeah. structured by producers now that it's the same shit. It's become more personable. Podcast, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, so I'm saying like radio's become yeah. less personal. Yeah, yeah. So I, podcasts I, have kind of filled I, I don't mind talking about this now because it's like over a year later, but I auditioned for a major radio um, company last year, this time last year, and I was brought in and they said, we want you in because, you know, you we want you to bring your own personality, do your own thing, record a couple demos and see how we go. And after the first demo, the feedback was, cool, could you maybe try it a little bit more like such and such a yeah. presenters on this program of theirs? And I was like... All right, so you actually right. want me to do that. So I did a bit of that, and they were like, cool, could you maybe do sort of do that, but you bring your own, your, uh, like a random little story from your life, like a little quirk thing, and then set it up as a text. And I was like, yeah. So, oh no, the producer's here, and they've sent the hound. No, oh, no. Um, Mini the hound has entered. But it's just that whole thing of, so you don't actually want a new thing then. Okay, that's interesting. And I realised, yeah, this is so much more freeing. This is yeah. nuts. We talk about what the hell we want. We we our, our only our only boss, as it were, for the subject of the podcast is a slight algorithmic lean. Like we will always try to talk about yeah. something that everyone's talking about right now to make sure that new people discover the show. But we never talk about shit we're not interested in. So it's like, you know, it's ours. It's our chat. It's our chat, yo. And that starts with me um, getting into Kevin Smith and Adam and Joe, and that starts with you introducing me to that stuff, which started with Charlie introducing his podcast. So, um, to answer your question, Charlie, you. you. Uh, <laughs> what nostalgic film from a child would you like to commission into a prequel or otherwise series a la Dark Create What weird thing from your childhood would you like to see continued in some form or other? Beetlebugs. No. Um, Beetlebugs. Fucking hell. You don't need a prequel to Beetlebugs. The entire opening title sequence is a prequel to Beetlebugs. There's three kids and they're in the comic books and here's a freak style monster. And now there's a puppy and something's going on and now they're Beetlebugs. Beetlebugs. Um... So fucking weird. Some exec producer watched Power Rangers then he watched Disney's Aladdin and then he sort of said do both of them together but also comics. Big bad, bad Beetlebugs. Beetle um, uh, oh, fuck that for fuck a bag of shit. Sideways. Um, 
something from childhood know. that I'd like to see expanded. So it's something that you'd be doing it in the Dark Crystal Age of Resistance style of going, hey, this is kind of dark. Let's see what happens when um, we explore it. Yeah, I guess. I guess. Return to Oz? I mean, technically, the prequel to Return to Oz is The Wizard of Oz. Just more Oz stuff in general. But I'd like to see some Oz stuff um, set specifically in the same tone as and with the characters leading up to the events of Return to Oz. Mm. Not as like Return to Oz is the end game. Because that's what Age of Resistance does quite well. The end game isn't the Dark Crystal. It's set a thousand trine before the events of the Dark Crystal. A trine is, unfortunately, about three days. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, A thousand trine. But it's, uh, you know, there's... It means that there's room for a load to happen should the show continue, and based on how yeah. it ends, they clearly would like to tell more stories. Yeah. So, um, I'm trying to think of more. Like, stuff going to watch that cool. I'd really like to see continued. Like, um, as a prequel. Is it specifically as a prequel? No, just like some like form of continuation of it. Mm. Um, queer in the in the vein of Aid of Resistance. Yeah. Um, um, is it does it necessarily have to be from our childhood or just stuff we grew up with as kids, like stuff uh, we inherited from a previous? From generation our childhood is the phrasing specifically. Art Attack, the prequel. Art How attack. the hell did that bust become sentient? <laughs> and why is it the scariest thing um, on television? Hello, because you know, I think it's me again. I think the I'm, head. I think I've been looking. I feast on human flesh. I think I've been lucky enough oh, that most God. of the stuff that it's not red paint I was really using. into as a kid has carried on. Like I've been, I've been sort of looking like and the stuff that hasn't carried on is kind of stuff that served its time. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, I guess. Like I don't want to see a continuation of the '84 Transformers cartoon because <laughs> it's bad. I love it. I think we've touched on it. In, I think we've touched on it in a previous episode based on a different question, but like. If I wanted Buffy to continue in some way, what I'd want is just a mini series or two focusing on a, a different story, like a specific event in the life of a previous Slayer. What about an anthology Slayer series? Yeah. Slayers through the ages. Yeah. Slages. Slages. Um, like, so you just, you just tell... Slages. You know, do you know what I mean? Just like five episodes and each one's a different story of a different Slayer. Mm. Um, do that. Because we get a glimpse of that in series seven, yeah, when we see uh, Principal Woods' uh, mother in the past. It's set in the seventies in New York subway. It's her versus William the Bloody, and it's like this is really cool. Like this is really cool. It's like a mm. five minute sequence, and it's like a show like that where we get to see that sort of stuff for an hour and a half each. Uh, hour and a half episodes, five episodes. Call it a day. That'd be really cool. I like that a lot. Yeah, I can and see you the appeal can, of that. Your fan service is you could bring back a couple of villains that obviously would have lived in prior generations. And there you go. Boom. Boom, boom, boom. Space Precinct. What? <laughs> what? You don't remember Space Precinct? No. What the hell? It's a, it's a sci-fi cop show. Live action? Yeah. American? Uh, Canadian, I think. 80s? Uh, no, 90s. 90s. With a toy line that came along, which I had a lot of. A lot of. I didn't have the, I didn't have the police car. It got one 24-episode series. Of course it did. 1994 to 1990. October 94 to July 95. <laughs> it was rubbish. But you want to bring it back. But I want more Space Precinct. I want a Space Prequel Synced. What? 
What are you saying? Listen, just fucking look at this thing. Right. Live reaction just to Space look Precinct. Look at this thing. Look Show at me that. Space Precinct. Look at that shit. What the hell? Look at that shit. What the hell? It's. Why does that guy have a face like a swollen vulva? That's just his alien face. <laughs> Why is that one the Green Goblin? Look at all that black leather. Was it one season, Uniforms, you say? One season. Yeah, it looks like one of those one season early 90s look at shows. This. Like all the all the all the pre Farscape sort of shows yeah. that attempted a similar thing and then never got anywhere. See, I don't need them to bring Farscape back because they already did. Did they? Well, the, no, no, they did a they did five seasons and then they did a, a like a mini series cap on it and you know it finished it out nicely. So mm. um, that kind of sort of ticked that off. I hate to sound archetypal, but Firefly. Not for a season. Oh just give us a random special set after Serenity. Look at these fucking things. God, they're terrible. Look at these fucking. I mean, things. that one's literally just a cop. Yeah, with that a is weird just a cop. gun with a fist on the end. Why? I mean, it's not a fist. But it looks like a fist. It depends what. Yeah, he I use. had that. Depends on what he this. uses it for after hours. I had the, I had the space bike. Of course you did. I had the space bike. They're I don't just police. They're just policemen, and every other toy has an alien head stuck to it. Yeah, pretty much. What is this? Which had snake. The snake, the mad bomber. He just looks like a different... He looks like... um. No, go back to Snake. He looks like... Uh, oh, God, what's his name? Uh, Freaking Jabba's Palace. No, oh, uh, Bib Fortuna. Bib Fortuna. He just looks like Bib like, Fortuna, but he's not grown him yet. He's more evil Bib Fortuna. Evil Fortuna. Bib Fortuna is already... It's like cyborg. This Oh, God, one cyborg. of them is literally called Cyborg. And it's his, a cyborg. And his face looks like a skull for some reason. Yeah. It, it was because Terminator. Travel. It was a cyborg. It was a time travel episode. Oh, Christ. Yeah, the cyborg was a time travel. Um, <sighs> he came back from the future to stop the future. Oh, um, in the future. Wait, what? Is any weird, like... I'm trying to think of stuff. Because honestly, like I say, honestly, like most of the stuff... That I'm nostalgic for has had its, its comeback in some way as well. Still going. In I was, I was just I about to say Biker Mice from Mars, and then I remembered. No, even that got redone about five years ago. Yeah, no one watched it, but it happened. Yeah. Um. Oh, although one thing TMNT from, is constantly regenerating. Yeah. One thing from my childhood I am happy about returning because of the recent news is Animaniacs. New oh Animaniacs yeah, yeah, of course. This was announced about two years ago. About a year ago, it was confirmed that production had begun. And about a week ago, they confirmed that the original voice cast are all returning. Oh, it. yes, yeah. So it's, you know, Rob Paulson, Jess Hanel, Tres McNeil, Maurice LaMarche, like the OG recurring cast are back to voice all of Brilliant. their respective parts. Brilliant. So it's not a, this is your new anime, this isn't your daddy's Animaniacs. It's, no, we're just this... making more Animaniacs. We're this just making more Animaniacs. Animaniacs. And it makes me happy. Um, and it, I know it makes my wife happy, even though she wasn't a fan of the show. Because it means she'll get to hear Rob Paulson singing stuff. Yeah. And maybe he'll sing Yakko's World again. Yeah. Which is fucking wonderful. Um, you know what, actually? No, I don't. This is going to sound Fill really weird because I bet I bet this is aged terribly, but I have fond memories of it from when I was a kid. Hit me. Aquila. Really? You want to do more Aquila? I had fond memories of it from you when I was a kid. You know they just brought back the Demon Headmaster, right? Yeah, they've rebooted that. And it's it's a show... Hey, I'm not saying. I'm Charlie not sure didn't specify it had to be good. What the what? So you want to replace all the new? You want to bring something back and it be fine? Aquila, Romans, and a flying spaceship. I think there's this room. I think there's. You just want to hear that theme song on telly again. That's mm, why. I don't even remember the theme song. Oh my god! But I don't even. I, I. I. We are not going to get in trouble for playing this. I don't. <laughs> I don't even think I want to see a prequel to that show, but I just. 
this 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 that concept has got legs. <laughs> Which is ironic because the ship the ship hasn't. Have legs. No, it's, it it flies. For those fact. who don't know, it's basically the story of these two boys who discover a spaceship that goes invisible. That's all. That's your lot. And all the money's clearly spent in the first episode. Yeah, but there could have been so much more to it. But this was this was but there never will be. This was the intro. Yeah, that's pretty good. I'm not gonna lie. Latin, baby. Yeah! Yeah. We're in the 90s now, folks. Look at that CGI. 1997. Buffy font. That's the Buffy font. That's the Buffy font. See? Influential even when it came out. It all been out of here and people already missing the font. Yep. <laughs> oh, yeah. Look at them planets. Look at them planets, son. Oh, we're gonna land in Devon. That's your theme. And that's the only reason people remember it. It's not the only reason I remember it. I remember, oh man, Ro- Space Romans. Spomans. Spomans. Space Romans. That could be good. How about you guys? Let's reboot Aquila. What would you Let's bring- do it, Chris. What would you- no. You'd buy the rights for a tenner. I probably could. <laughs> I don't know. It depends on how well the Demon Headmaster does um, viewing figures wise. We could see all of these things coming back. Queen's nose again. Oof. But this time it's a contactless card. Someone has to just sort of just, just tap it. Just tap it against something. <laughs> oh, that's depressing. Bernard's watch, but it's an app. Oh, oh, don't. That will that'll be a thing. No, Bernard's watch, but it's a Fitbit. <laughs> Bernard's Apple Watch. Yeah. <laughs> Guys and gals, what what show or film from your childhood inspired by Charlie's email would you like to come back? For, for better or worse. Oh, God. As a TV series, let us know. BigDamnContact at gmail.com. The funniest will be read out next week. And the least funniest will be read out next week. Anything in between, we might read out next week. Also, you can get in touch with us on Twitter on BigDamnCast. Uh, you can also hit us up the Big Damn Stream at twitch.tv. And if you want to support the show, uh, great. Uh, just uh, we'll give you our address and you can send us dominoes. <laughs> But failing that, <laughs> patreon.com slash bigdamncast. Join for as little as $1 a month to get a bunch of bonuses, including video commentaries, early access to episodes of Big Damn Love. And if you become a Big Damn Notice Me Senpai, you get something a little extra, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's not my penis. You've actually got to make those, you know, at some point. What, make senpais? Mm. We are senpais. No. Mm. We are senpai, senpai! Yeah, whatever. We'll speak to you later. I could hit the stop button, but my dog's now on my shoulder and I'm weighed down. In fact, you're going to stop recording. I'm oh, gonna, no. I'm going to hairy parrot. Which button is it? Oh, the square one. Bye. Bye. Bye.